Hi, this is Vanessa Sunshine. Hi, this is Alicia. Hi, I'm Georgia Love. I'm Osha Ginsberg. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know. I skipped three years worth of lectures just to binge watch awful shows. There must be some scholarship for accruing worthless knowledge. It's my only talent, honey. That and losing money. Let your excess hex debts rest and then just join us while we start on our bachelor. 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 Welcome back to the Bachelor Parts Podcast, the Bachelor in Paradise Podcast that asks the question: How do I get dicked? <laughs> <laughs> How did I miss that? I told you I had the best one ever. It was really good. Thank you. Let me um uh, not not even punch you up. Let me punch you down. Okay. Here. Okay. The Bachelor at the Podcast that asks a question. Xavier, I've got to go to a wedding. Would you mind just holding the fort for a few days? Not as good, is it? No, it's no good. No. No. No, I like is what Is that you the did. one that you settled on? That was what I settled on. I was yeah, having right. such a tar- hard time this week with the show that asked the question. Because I almost thought you were going to say, like, the show that asked the question, hey, Xavier, I've got to go to a wedding. Uh, how do I get dicked? <laughs> <laughs> I am Max Quinn, up to his knees in a hot tub filled with Vanaka juice and SPF 50 is Xavier Abetsky Noonan. Oh, I can't swim. Hey, and joining us for the very first time on the BOH pod, she is a poet, a writer, a mental health advocate at Not Making Lemonade, and to top it all off, a batchy aficionado, Katie Kendall is here. Hello, that is such a lovely introduction. It's so nice to hear yourself summed up. Wow. Okay, so you and I met precisely one time. We uh, did. In our lives before. Do you remember oh, did what you happened? did you actually take detailed notes? You know I that I've taken notes about this. Definitely not. Oh my God, okay. Told you we'd get to it. Tell me about uh, What do you remember? What do you remember about what happened? <laughs> what, what was I wearing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So here's the thing. Up until right now, I yes. forgot that we drove home together. Yes. And I was only remembering meeting you at the gig where we met for approximately three seconds and I was actually quite surprised that you remember me. Uh-huh. But I do remember what you did in the car, which is maybe what you're What did I do in the car? I don't like where this story is going. <laughs> do you remember what he did in the car? No, I don't. You were fine. Yeah. You just... <laughs> uh You were like trying to throw out a fun question to ask me, which I appreciate. Yeah. You know, nothing generic. No, no, no. Um, and you were like, what were you doing six years ago? And I was like, well, six years ago, my dad died. Oh, I do remember this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. No. Well, all right. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and we're fine. back here again. I thought it was very funny um, because I have a good sense of humor about these things. Mm-hmm. But um, was that not what you were going to what say? What I had was had <laughs> down. Was you were like, this will be a fun anecdote. This to will kick be a nice, the I was fun like, thing. I'm surprised you're going straight for that straight one. Straight <laughs> in the direction of the dead dad. Nope. <laughs> Not my intention. What happened, uh, at least as I recall it, because I only recall things about myself mm-hmm. as a, um, a hedonist, a word that I learned this week from Ooh. Jackson Garlic. Uh, I think he said hedonist. Uh-huh. Uh, so if you're going to use the language, please say mm. it right. the correct You've got to come way. correct. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said, Max Quinn, I have uh, too much information about your life and times. Mm. And I was like... This is amazing. Who's this? this is my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very good stalker. Ve- okay, cool, I cool. Took notes from Jamie Doran. So please 
tell us about your uh, Batchy fandom. Tell us about how uh, we can find you on the internet. Please plug your shit. Tell us about ah, Katie Kendall. I would love to. Well, yes, I'm a massive Batchy fan. I'm known for grabbing people by the ankles and dragging them into this world. Um, <laughs> everyone I've ever dated has not watched it when they start, and they still watch it now. Uh-huh. So... <laughs> You're welcome. Um, but that aside, also, I'm a huge fan of the pod. Um, been listening ever since Xavier started dating Evie. Oh, who thank is you very much. My best friend. That's uh-huh. how we know, all know each other. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, I just, you guys are genuinely very funny, and I have a good time listening to the pod, and it's when I clean my house. Oh, that's, so that's lovely. Good. It's Let's nice stretch to know that we can accompany out. Yeah, say more Let's good not. things. Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but just talk about me. Please. Um, I do a bunch of different things. You're right. A big thing that I do is I have a blog called Not Making Lemonade, which is a mental health advocacy space where I talk about my lived experience with a bunch of different things, but depression, OCD, and anxiety at the top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also a writer in a bunch of different ways. Um, I'm a poet. I just had a poem come out. It's in the latest issue of VoiceWorks. Go yes. get it. Yes. You can, if you go to your local bookstore, they can get it in maybe? Yeah, lots of indie bookstores have it. And you can also get a digital copy online for only five bucks. Fuck that's yes. really exciting. So it's not just me in it. There's lots of amazing young writers. So that's a really good place to go. Um, and I love my cat a lot. Those are the kind of big pillar facts of uh-huh. me. What about uh, on social media? How can we how can we connect with you? <laughs> Absolutely. So you can grab my blog at not.making.lemonade at, on Instagram or it is notmakinglemonade.com or all my other socials are at katiekendalls underscore. Mm-hmm. I'm very Thank funny you. on Twitter. It's very you true. You do wonderful, some of the best batchy live tweets around. Thank you. Better than ours. (laughs) 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 Substantially better. Now, uh, Xavier, uh, we have so much to cover this week. I want to flag up the top. We're talking about four episodes. This is going to be a fucking long one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Because, yeah, okay. So, I mean, maybe we should say, because we were probably planning to do two episodes and then it didn't really come together. You know, we were rained out. Yeah. It's like the cricket, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so we are now doing a recap of more episodes than we've ever done an episode about. On this podcast? It's the Morris that we've ever done. Yeah, it's the most thing ever. It's we the have most, most, most podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, most noise from the road near my house. <laughs> well. Um, but on top of that, it's also been an absolutely jam-packed oh. and truly wild week in and around the world of Batchy. Um, and as we like to sort of uh, tick off a few news items at the top of the episode, I thought maybe we should just dive into a couple of those. I don't know even where to begin <laughs> with this week. I think we should start with the biggest ticket news item as far as Bachelor in par- as far as the Bachelor goes in 2020. Mm. Uh, I think we're thinking the same thing, which is that it's now been confirmed that Bachelorette will be happening. Yeah, and that That's there crazy. will be a Bachelorette, and there will also be another Bachelorette. Yes. That's right. They've got two queer women of colour. It's very exciting. <laughs> Super progressive. <laughs> the most progressive they've ever been. <laughs> We're all losing our minds. They've really broken down that barrier. Uh, no, it's uh, it's not that. It's Ellie Miles, <laughs> who we might remember from last year on Batchy, mm-hmm. uh, and also her sister. Okay. Her blood relative. Do, uh, so this is weird. Yes. Yeah, I want a temperature check from everyone in the room. Because, like, we, the, the two bachelorette thing, I think, is an interesting avenue to go down. It's been trialed before. It happened once in the US, although they swiftly ditched that. Yeah. Um, and it worked really well on last year's season of The Bachelorette New Zealand, where both bachelorettes stuck around till the end, and they ended up with 
Uh, I can't remember. I think one of them didn't end up with a person or whatever, but like it was good. Can I just ask, were they related? <sighs> Let me think. <laughs> uh, oh, don't think so. No. There's just there's something odd about uh, hooking up with your brother or sister's significant other or prospective significant other. It raises so many questions of just like how it will be handled. What's going to go down? I think it's a weird situation as well when one of them is a known quantity to the franchise yeah, because, right. like, surely guys going in who, like, have an understanding of it are going to be going for Ellie. Right. And her sister's just kind of there. And also it's her sister. And also they're both very blonde. And it's it's just, like, it's not a true departure. Like, I feel like they're trying mm-hmm. to be interesting and, and controversial. But it's just a bit... It's There's not really just what anyone asked one. for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if any Batchy fan asked for this for Christmas, but I certainly am willing to, you know, open it up and play with what's inside for a little while and see if I like it. I'm really curious to see because this raises so many questions and like doubts and like justifiable doubts. Uh, I'm curious to see like how they are going to jump through all the hoops that this seems to provide. There's a lot of goodwill for Ellie that I think the show has engendered. People really, really enjoy her, and I want to raise the possibility that her sister might be sick as well. Does her sister have a name? I bet. <laughs> yeah, I wish I knew what See, it was. Okay, her name's Becky. Um, Becky. Oh, <laughs> like, it's a, I don't know. It was a What's red her flag. hair like? Uh, Is it it's, good? It's yeah, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's pretty so similar to Ellie's mm-hmm. actually. Um, yeah, it is an interesting thing that, like, not only is she an unknown quantity to the Bachelor franchise, but she's really not much of a thing. This <laughs> sounds cruel. But, mm. like, she has not been mentioned. She she doesn't have a big profile in any other way either. Like, you would think maybe she is some kind of public persona or, you know, like... Um, I don't even seem to remember seeing her on, like, hometown dates or anything. I could be wrong. No, me neither. The thing, though, is that, like, Ellie was, like, this uh, heart of gold country girl. And I think that what they're shooting for with this season is maybe like more of the same you mm. know you're like this so you're probably like another one pretty much yeah the same mm. as this which is like a weirdly uninteresting premise ellie didn't go to hometowns i think that's, that's why we right don't know her sister oh of course so she got she's booted just at five. kind of the, the sister is completely an unknown quantity so are they like making it up to her or something like to the <laughs> sister they're like i'm sorry didn't get your five minutes but how would you like to be the bachelorette how would you like to Ish. be a bachelorette? Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that stands to be quite interesting. Um, and I'm sure we'll learn a bit more about it as the um, as the release date approaches. I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming it's this year because that's how it would normally go. But yeah. everything seems to be pretty up in the air. And also, like, um, as we know about this upcoming season of Bachelor, a big chunk of that will be taking place over Zoom. Um, we don't really know what this is going to look like either. Um, there's been hints that they are quarantining already and like sort of isolating so as to preserve their non-covidity. Um, <laughs> don't give me that look. It's a, what's the word for that? No, no. I think you've nailed it with non-covidity. How do you get a chastity ring for COVID? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's called a mask. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, no, I'm not going to talk about Bill Goldsmith right now. Nope. Nope. Um, <laughs> but that's the Bachelorette situation. Should yeah. be interesting. I'm intrigued. I feel open to the idea. I think that they're at least trying something, which yes. is which is pretty cool. And uh, I think there are about 100 ways that they could have done it in a more interesting way. But if we sit here and say that about every single thing that happens, there's no show left. Really, right. You know? right. I, I'm uh, looking forward to it as much as I would any other season of The Bachelorette. And I generally favor The Bachelorette seasons to The Bachelor seasons. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, 
it's interesting that we're talking about how this is not a especially progressive decision by the show because another sort of news item from this week is that um, Osher Ginsburg, perfect human being who has never done anything wrong, uh, has been copping a bit of flack uh, for making what I would consider a like not incredibly controversial and mostly just pretty... Uh, conservative? Conser- yeah. <laughs> making pretty conservative comments uh, about the potential future of a queer Bachelor or Bachelorette series, Uh which, like, is a conversation that seems to come up quite often um, where people will tweet at Osher assuming that he is uh, in charge of the show. (laughs) Um, uh, We were talking about this earlier. He's not a producer or anything. No, he's not an omnipotent Bachelor god. No, he He just stands there. He he looks very pretty and we love him. Right. And he is, in a lot of ways, the public face of the show, which is, I think, why this comes Mm. down on him a lot of the time. And... He engages live with it by tweeting, right. which is how people are like, Osha. And he does so in a way that le- leans more progressively, yes. right? I think that's true. Yeah, he's he's got a more progressive attitude than I think the show is does or is able to yes. within its format. Because if the show stopped at every minute to interrogate everything it was doing, it would also be a not a be a show mess. Yeah. Mm. Um, but you know he's been saying you know he's been asked like um, how come we can't have a queer bachelor bachelorette how come like we can't have a version of Bachelor in Paradise that isn't queer people um, and people point to examples like um, the wonderful MTV show Are You the One which had an all like gender fluid and queer cast uh, on a recent season and was a huge success everybody loved it rated pretty well. Um, but his response is basically, I, I think he is in some way being the mouthpiece for the executives of Channel 10 and kind of saying, you know, um, oh, but we'd never be able to sell it. It's unprecedented or the precedent was on cable and it's not on free to air and like the audience is different and that kind of thing. It's just like a very boring, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I think the reason he ends up caught up in it is that he does this thing every year where he's like, if you can show me how it'll happen, tell me. Right. And then says things like, you know, it, it can't air in prime time and things like that that sound homophobic if they're taken out of context. Mm. But I think what he does is he mistakenly becomes a mouthpiece for Channel 10 and is like, because Channel 10's not going to air a bunch of queer people. Like, right. they've proven through this season, I'm sure we'll touch on it in this episode, that they can't even show men having a friendship without, like, right. making <laughs> a joke about gay men. And I, I think, yeah, I mean, my, my partner got a bit embroiled in this um, because they like to tweet as well. And... First mistake. Yeah. Uh, whoopsie, yeah. Whoopsie. I took this week off Twitter. Good time. Yes. Like, <laughs> what an incredible week to take just off Twitter. Just as, as someone who is also <laughs> too embroiled in it. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, you know, the conversation that I kept having with them is that I don't think this is what Osha believes, mm. but I think he's making, like, that, that that shouldn't be aired during primetime, but I think he's making the mistake of speaking for other people, which makes him look like a homophobe. Or that he has a view of Australia that, he thinks they are more homo. Well, they are pretty homophobic. Let's this be real. This is uh, so. I yeah. I look at it as someone who believes that this representation should should be a part of what happens on a, a national nightly TV show, right? Mm. Uh, but I'm also aware that there's an audience that doesn't want that, you mm. know. Uh, and that's not to say that Osha or anyone else on the show who's involved with the show doesn't uh, stand for progressive things, but I 
do think it is to say that at the at the end of the day they're ruled by commerce, mm. and that's the push and pull that that we deal with here because we have TV shows to sell ads, mm. and we need people to sell ads too. And the point that I think that is implicit in what is being made is like, okay, you go and sell this to Frank in Queensland. Mm. You know what I mean? Here's where I land on it. Okay. I think Osher is probably right that we, despite the fact that there is a huge amount of goodwill about the idea, we are probably not in a place where it is like able to be marketed to um, every single person that the uh, that they want to reach that they and need to, to everyone reach. that the or you know the the advertisers want to reach and like you know all that sort of stuff. Right. But I think it would be an incredible act of both good faith and also really good branding if they did something along the lines of maybe a somewhat lower budget 10 play exclusive or something like that where it doesn't need to reach that exact same primetime audience. Um, you can probably skew a fair bit younger or a fair bit more, you know, uh, switched on, I guess, in the internet age um, by trying to find something like that. I mean, I don't know what the logistics of making a season of The Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise are. No. There's probably no real way to do it extremely cheaply. Although I guess I did watch that Provo's Most Wanted show, <laughs> <laughs> which, like, I think had a budget of, like... Probably twenty five dollars an episode or something. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to pay them out because they did like incredible shoelaces. Right. Yeah. I think they did incredible work with that. Uh, with whatever they were working with. Um, but you know, like I think they're we're, we're looking at this thing as a really huge ball pit, and we don't have enough balls to put in the ball pit. And uh, maybe just have a different site, like a smaller, like a kiddie pool. Yeah, I mean, Channel 10 has a bunch of different channels. Right. They air things that they wouldn't air on Channel 10 on other channels. Sure. This is true. Well, we solved it. Thanks, Osh. (laughs) Check in the mail. When he listens to the episode, which he famously does. Mm. Well, that's the thing. He he was actually here because he, at the start of the episode, introduces it. So he comes to my place. Right. He says, Hi, this is Osh Ginsburg. Thanks for listening. Um, and then he just usually scampers off. But um, I'm hoping that we talked about this loudly enough. <laughs> He's still good. He can hear us. It yeah. was very exciting to meet him. Uh, yeah. For me, uh, the other big news item of the week is everything that's going on in the world of Jamie Doran. Sure. So we will cover it off later in the episode. Jamie has talked on, on his social media about how he is going, or at least how he intends to sue the show for presumably his depiction in paradise there's a lot to say about it and i think Mm. that we should say it later xavi do you have anything else um well i just saw like probably an hour ago that the the lawyer that he is hired like you know he is proving that it's not a bluff because he has like a very high profile entertainment lawyer who uh is this guy who i don't know because why would i but he also represented a married at first sight star named NASA Sultan in his case against the Daily Telegraph two years ago. Okay. So there seems to be some precedent for this kind of thing. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. That's about all I have to say on that issue. Yeah. I don't have too much understanding or knowledge of legal precedent when it comes to this. Mm. Uh, I, We're I, I don't fully out of our depth. Contracts. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's, we don't want to talk about it too much because the defamation laws are quite complicated and also because the situation is quite complicated. Yeah. And we are basically being given the same amount of information that everyone else is. Yeah. Which uh, the point of this debate is that that information is skewed. So we can't get into it, essentially. Right. And like, we'll get there with this, but what we can do. Mm. is talk about the show as it's presented to us and whether or not we believe it. Right. 
essentially. Boy, do we have things to say. Yes. So there is many a, of them. <laughs> I really hate to break up a segue, but there is one really important news story that I did want to touch on very oh, quickly, which has also just come out today, um, which is that Kieran, bad boy of paradise. <laughs> uh, Lol. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. What, what do we call him? He's having trouble. Yeah. Um, he's understandably looking for a way to have a bit of a rebrand. Um, in the real world, outside of his time in paradise, and so he's got himself a fancy new haircut. And I just wanted you guys to have a look at it, and if you wanted to make any noises about uh, what I've you never thought. seen it. First impression. This is earlier Please today. Turn it around. Yeah, here we okay, go. Here we go. <laughs> oh no! It's like it couldn't be much more like? different. He looks like the um, the guy from Deantford. Yeah. Oh sure. I was gonna say, is it young blood? The yeah, I guess so. Mm. There's a bit of young blood in it. Mm. Oh man! It's Can a I real see it statement. Again? Can I yeah, see of course. Again? So, oh, listeners, to describe it to you, red, the red, haircut like is short and pink with like, a fringe. It's like Elmo. It's like Elmo <laughs> is sitting on him. <laughs> he wants to look cuddly and sweet again. <laughs> Maybe, except he's doing the biggest frown in this I photo. <laughs> it's it's a bit like Tickle Me Helmo, though, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so that's the main news story of the week. <laughs> I guess the other thing, I wanted to touch on this so briefly because I don't really think it's really that important. But um, I saw, as I do, when I was thinking about applying for The Bachelorette this week. Great. Uh, <laughs> um, no, you I, weren't. No, of course not. I'm very happily in love with my partner. Um, but I went on The Bachelorette uh, application form thing, and it was like complete saved application, because I remember that I actually applied for this once before. Uh-huh. Uh, and they are looking for people to join the cast for this upcoming season with the twins. Right. <laughs> They're not twins, but I mean, the Aryan twins as I call them. Try and stop me from saying that. Yeah. Uh, and they say, what are they called confidence and charisma. Is that what they're? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they say, are you searching for that, that special someone but just can't seem to find them? Well, this could be the beginning of your very own love story. We are looking for single women and men between the ages of twenty-five to thirty-five. Mm. Oh shit! So, you know, I posted in the Osh posting group, and I was like, this means one of a few things, right? This means one. Two bachelorettes is not enough bachelorettes. They want more bachelorettes for this season of The Bachelorette. Why Kay. not just stack them up? Obviously that. Uh, two gay, gay stuff, maybe? Queer? Mabes. I maybe? would love that. But It'd be then sick. why would Osha go and stick his neck out and piss off a bunch of people and get a bunch of shitty mentions? Hey, maybe for this reason. Oh, shit. Get the conversation happening so that he can be like, well... I got them. What, do you Are think you he would be a martyr, though, for I that? Like, I would like to think Osha wouldn't do that. Yeah. Because it is just like, you know, if they were going to finally do this, they would want a pretty clean shot at it. You know, they wouldn't want to be like stirring the pot and then the upending it. The show is it. all about stirring the I pot. I know, but the show is about stirring the pot, not the, like, application been process. instructions from Tim and they've learned how to stir the pot, <laughs> which, by the way, he has been attending for weeks now. Christ. <laughs> Drain it. Tim. Yeah. Yes. There's no water left. <laughs> uh, just looking at Tim's demeanor, I'm like, enough pot. <laughs> <laughs> Stirring. <laughs> so I don't know. What it, it's probably nothing. They probably just want people to talk about it on their podcast. Who can say? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, you're welcome. Good thing we didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Phew. Dodge that bullet. <laughs> so much to come still on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. And it is time. This would be where we'd put like a sick ad break. If we had any ads or sponsors or anything, we'd be like, we'll be right back after these messages. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So much to come still on the Bachelor of Hearts <laughs> podcast. We'll be right, right back after these messages. <laughs> or like music. What if we were one of those podcasts that just plays a song? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
I guess I'll throw out the song I recorded just for that joke. Uh, I've done enough. <laughs> done enough this week. Uh, <laughs> this week's taken enough out of me. I'm not writing a new song for the podcast. <laughs> Maybe next week. And so we begin with The Bachelor in Paradise Season 3, Episodes 5, 6, 7, and 8. Oh my god, it's the Steps We're a episode. Step song, babes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> my boot scooting baby is driving me crazy. My obsession with the Western. I dance all day. Wait, is it, is it a dance all day or is it a dance floor day? So this is the thing. I don't actually know, mm. but I always thought it was dance all day. And uh. then someone told me it was dance floor date. And quite frankly, oh. I think that dance all day is better, even yes. though mm. it is like maybe a worse lyric. Where are steps from? Uh, is like, is I feel like English it's a Scandi so situation. Yeah, I was going to say, is it English as a first language situation? Or is it like, because you know, if you listen. My obsession from a Western. My, my obsession for the West. For the Western world. (laughs) (laughs) Like Western, as in like, uh, you know, like uh, just full of dollars or whatever, right? Gonna step in line, gonna get... What is it? Gonna uh, step in line, gonna make you mine. Five, Five, six, six, seven, eight. eight. Okay, now that we've got that out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) We begin with Kieran and Jess and also Kiki. There is some speculation among the women that Kieran and Jess are soon to be over. Sad. Allegedly, oh. Kieran has hooked up with Kiki Morris from Richie's season on the outside. And the Paradise Rumor Mill is running hot with speculation that Kiki will soon be on ground in Fiji. I don't know if it's speculation. They just know. They straight up know. Can I say something that it seems like in this season far more than before? They yeah. know exactly who is coming in right. and when. Yeah. Like, every, the day that the person is arriving, they're like... And wouldn't it be interesting if Kiki were to come out of nowhere? <laughs> yeah, exactly. She like jumps out from behind a bush and is like, "What me?" Oy, it sure would <laughs> raise right. a lot of trouble yeah. right now, specifically yeah. if Kiki were to arrive. It does have that like William Shatner cadence to it as well, where it's like, <laughs> "What if this?" And then this happened, and then here it is, mm. and then she's just like, "Boing!" <laughs> she's she there. has like a Vulcan death grip on Kieran. Right, right, exactly, I and so <laughs> we're six minutes into this episode, and it's already clear that Jess is going to get so hurt. It's just a question of when. Rough. Yeah, she says to Kieran that her feelings are deepening, and warns him about hooking in with Kiki. But we hear from Kieran in confessional, uh, saying that they are simply having a laugh and taking the mick. I've decided to avoid Kieran impressions. I'd like you to take them from here. <laughs> he, he's having a laugh and taking the mick. He says like six different things that all mean that. He's like, yeah, we're just having a bit of a giggle. We're having a laugh. We're having a <laughs> chuckle. We're having a guffaw. We're, you know, you know, we're just guffaw. <laughs> Yeah, but also, he also literally says to her in that scene. Yeah. Like, she's like, oh, you're going to run off with Kiki. And he goes, I'm not that kind of person. Mm. Right. And then it happens. Yeah. Like, mm. two minutes later. It's yeah. incredible. Kieran uh, yeah, does say to Kiki, uh, or rather, Kieran says to Camera that if Kiki or Tanil entered Paradise, it will be a game changer. And that he's looking for a girl who's... Oop, for it. <laughs> how long are you... You re- know what I mean. How long are you avoiding the, the impressions? <laughs> Jess is uh, mostly absent from the rest of the first episode because she gets sick. She's got that Fiji gastro. Oh, boy. And Seems like a really not a fun time. Not a fun time. It's also about as much rope as Kieran needs to make a beeline for another spicy bird. Mm. Uh, he says, Jess is absolutely mint, but if a bird a little bit more spicy walks in, I'm going to go for it. Do you think that Kieran realizes that he's on The Bachelor and uh, not in line at fucking KFC? I was just going to say, when they are advertising that hot and spicy, I'm not getting the original recipe. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't eat meat. What is that like? But what is that drive-through order? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'll get the spicy bird combo, potato or gravy, and then just a toxic amount of masculinity on the yeah. side. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's part you know of the what combo. I think? I think he's uh, pissed off that he's watching it back now and seeing all the cutaways of all the really beautiful birds oh, that are in paradise. <laughs> he kept asking for yeah. a mint bird, yeah. and they were all there the That's whole time. Right. Yeah, the beautiful mint green. <laughs> Too distracted by the human women. The curse of male heterosexuality. <laughs> oh, it must be a prison. <laughs> so this is the start of the truly toxic stuff. Uh, Renee and uh, Kieran end up having a conversation in the bure, and you remember uh, Renee at one point was the um, the only zinger in his box. <laughs> you, remember, you remember this? Yeah. Um, now suddenly he wants the side order of Wicked Wings hey, and the hey, hey. hot and spicy rods. Is that? A thing? <laughs> Didn't I they have them on? That is. They put them on a skewer and they were like, "Now this, they're rods. <laughs> get this hot rod up in your gullet. Get a pocket rocket. Oh, true. Uh, that does sound like a menu item. It does. Mm. Uh, and Kieran falls asleep in Renee's bed. Uh huh. Uh huh. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know how it is, fellas, when you accidentally think that someone else's house is your house and someone else's sleeping body is your partner's sleeping body and you sleep there the whole night and then wake up and go, oh, what have I done? (laughs) This isn't a KFC at all. This is bloody Hungry Jacks. Uh, Yeah, so he does tell Jess about his visit to Hungry Jacks the next day. Uh, But to his absolute discredit, he completely changes the narrative. He says that Renee still wants to pursue the relationship. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we know from Renee telling Alicia that uh, he has said of Jess, quote, she'll never be you. (laughs) Which is just such a toxic and horrible thing to say to someone that you are no longer in a relationship with. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Like have some discipline in adulthood and don't... Say that to someone, like mm. respect someone else's feel. Not to get into Kieran's inability to respect women's feelings. <sighs> I think we will be getting into it. <laughs> we might get there. Effect. I have a hunch. Mm. So as this is happening, enter Kiki, the woman who Kieran most wants to see on the island in Fiji. And Jess says in confessional that Kieran has showed her a lot of loyalty before and she expects it to continue. And then we smash cut to Kieran looking Jess directly in the face and saying, uh-oh. Kiki enters with a date card and pretends not to know Kieran in an attempt to throw the cast off the scent. <laughs> a ludicrous attempt. It's so funny. Like, I thought that she should go further with this. Like, mm. enter with the great big moustache and the tiny moustache <laughs> comb. <laughs> what have we here? Hello, hello, hello. The you two know, of them pretend they've never met every time they walk up to each that's other. That's great. We've got a 51st like date, a 50 date scenario. Like thing where they're just like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, hi, yes, yes. Mm, nice to meet you. Very good. Here we go. Which is charming and cute, right? Uh, in the right context. <laughs> mm-hmm. Drew Barrymore Not and Adam Sandler yes. it work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as it stands, nobody is fooled. Kieran just sort of tries to pull the wool over everyone's eyes, though. He says, I've been completely honest with everyone, and Renee thinks that we might even get back together. And putting to the side the fact that, no, she doesn't, mm. we then hear Kiki say in confessional, uh, I love that he's been completely honest with me. <laughs> 
There are so many instances of just like famous last words or just like <laughs> saying the direct opposite of the thing that's about to happen, which obviously is an editing trick. And, you know, we'll talk right. about editing tricks a lot on this episode, I'm sure. But like in terms of the entertainment program that we love to watch, it's just like, oh. Right. So there are um, multiple instances, I think, in these four episodes that we watched where the editing is just like chef's kiss spot on yeah. in terms of stringing the audience along one way and then swiftly mm. cutting back in the other. Yeah, it, it's interesting that we are having a broader conversation about the edit of this season because were we not, I think I would be looking at the editing on this season. I don't know. I don't want to paint too broadly, but some of the most entertaining editing decisions I've ever seen on reality TV Absolutely. took place this week. Yes, and yeah. also some of the most Frankenbitten dialogue. Yes. So much. Like, Truly. Unless it was coming out of someone's mouth, it was a Frankenbite. Like, yeah. It was extreme, the level that they did. But I agree. It's like someone like slipped into the editing booth and was like, now nah, go absolutely fucking nuts this time, guys. Right. Like, you can do whatever you want, just yep. make them laugh. It's as if they've started hiring people who used to do recaps, like for Punky <laughs> or whatever. Like, it fully is like, like comedy. Like, you know. There are some really beautiful comedy beats that the American Paradise has leaned to in the past. Sure. And this is the fulfillment of that promise for an Australian audience. True. Where now we know what the premise is, we're aware of who these people are. Mm. Let's go let's make some funnies yes and to an extent and then to an extent look we might have crossed the line we'll get there mm. the date that kieran and kiki go on is a camping date they have the option to spend the night by a private beach with they, which they accept this is fuck week yeah i just want to throw it out there oh, this yeah. is what fuck week is yep 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 bring uh, it to the proper show yeah. <laughs> if they can fucking paradise they can fucking sydney right I think they what? need it in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not on the like Zoom one. Oh, imagine yeah. if you've got to have like, imagine Zoom fantasy suites. What you've got to like, like oh, do geez. fucking Skype sex. <laughs> <Based you're> on <laughs> you, like, <laughs> God. Um, so in confessional, Kieran says she's worried about the mosquitoes biting her, but she'd want to watch out for me having a little nibble too. A producer then asks Kieran uh, about whether or not he feels bad about what's happening with Jess, and he says that he doesn't. Uh, for me, there's no feelings. I'm pretty sure she knows I'll be trying to kick things off with Kiki. But then they ask Jess about Kieran, and she says, I do feel like he has feelings for me, and he wouldn't have reason to lie about it. Would he? <laughs> Chilling. Would anyway, he? <laughs> yes, he's lying. And yes, uh, he and Kiki are... Obviously strapping on the feed bag in the tent as we speak. <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> Do we have to accept the parlance of the honey badger into the, the dialogue of the show? What? Uh, he's uh, uh, strapping the jolly jumbuck into the tucker bag. <laughs> you, like he's... Uh, Waltzing Matilda is, is rife for analogy. He's mm. the um, squatter mounted on the thoroughbred. Mm -hmm. Let's keep going. Wow. The next morning. Kieran promises, Kiki. <laughs> <laughs> Kieran promises Kiki that he will take Jess aside uh, and break the bad news literally as soon as he gets back to paradise. Very first thing, promise. Yeah, he's like, I listen, I'm not an idiot, okay? <laughs> I'm going to get way ahead of this thing. I'm going to be mature. I'm going to handle it like a charming gentleman. It doesn't really work out that way. No, he gets a little bit sidetracked. He, yeah. he catches eye of Tim and remembers that he doesn't care about women. Yeah, um, <laughs> and in thing. fact, just wants to have a bev with the boys. Mm. And the bro code begins. Yeah, some and look, say. we will we will get there with the bro code. <laughs> uh, we also see Renee comforting Jess, uh, someone who's been there yeah. in this moment, which is kind of wild to watch someone who has 
been burned by this man <laughs> have the grace and dignity to approach a woman who is currently being burned by this man right. and go, hey, you're being burned by this man Especially and I can see it and I've been there. Because she has been there like super recently. So, like, like as recently as like four days ago. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, it's it's an incredible week for Renee, I think. Oh, yeah. She has really proven herself as like a, a wonderful like conflict resolution, like just, I, I don't have enough positive words to say about how she handled herself. She seems like a human being in right. a way that a lot of them <laughs> don't. Like she, she, like, she really has that capacity for empathy. And I think, I mean, I don't want to go all broad strokes, but it, the way that she goes up to Jess and comforts her and is there for her speaks far more about the capacity of the women on this show to mm. empathize with each other and care for each other. Mm. Than the men mm. who, if they have to share remisses, mm. just mm. immediately turn on each other <laughs> and make a big deal out of it. And I think that's an enduringly interesting thing about Paradise because of the way that Bachelor and Bachelorette both work. In that f- every single season on The Bachelor, we have shown week after week of the women at each other's throats. Like, there's no way they can get on because they're all bitches and they're divisive and they're talking shit about each other. But on The Bachelorette, it's usually a pretty chummy atmosphere. Yeah. And the guys are maybe a little competitive with each other in the sports games or whatever. <laughs> but uh, women can't get along with each other. But then you get in this, this atmosphere where they're both there and it's on for young and old. Like, it's, it's plain to see. Not to jump eight steps back to the news, but maybe that will be interesting once we've got two Bachelorettes. Because right. the factor there is that there's only one woman they're all vying for so it's almost like they've all gotta be bros mm. but if there's two then we might start seeing conflict breaking out in mm. a way that they that they sort of don't have yeah in the i'm sure show. they hope so yeah <laughs> right yeah yeah uh so a date card now arrives for jess uh who has to be the bigger person and take kieran away herself just so that he can break her heart mm. um he says I'm clearly doing what I want to do, so just crack on. We're not boyfriend and girlfriend, which is just <laughs> as like as far as ways to get dumped go. It's scummy. Yeah, it's, it's really bad. gross. It's also like robotic and strange. Yeah, like, the he way he delivers it, letting out an emotionless speech. I just, as I watched it, I was like, where is the Kieran that I and the other lesbians of the nation fell in love with? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Like, he was really an exception to the rule of how a lot of people feel about men on right. The Bachelorette. And then suddenly, he is the very worst of all the problems that we have with men. Well, so, here's the thing. Like, his mantra of, like, namaste and honesty and straightforwardness was, like, it turns out, a really subtle way to gaslight someone you know as if to say like i'm not like the other boys um you know who look like me and act like me and uh do the things that you would expect boys like me to behave and to do and it turns out you know sometimes like if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck xavier it's a fucking yucky buck Mm. uh but renee i do i do want to say that i like ducks and i don't really want to (laughs) combine them with the what's going on it's true there is a great moment in the last episode where i think it's when um kieran's oiling kiki up there's a Mm. goose that they cut to who's just sort of like 
<laughs> like mm. closes its eyes in defeat. The ducks get it. I will say that Kieran in these episodes does remind me of that trend of the duck that's going around the video where there's like a couple of ducks that are just like insanely quickly eating a bowl of like peas or yeah. corn or whatever. Yeah. It's a great time. Anyway. It's, I mean, I do, I do really enjoy the ducks eating the bowl of peas. Um, where did I get to? <laughs> Hold on here. Wait. We took it to We've got some stuff place. here. Duck, yucky, fucking yucky buck. Kiki's more than happy to chuck this cuck. Uh, Rose. <laughs> <laughs> when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you make of this? Are we, are, we, are we in a good spot with Kieran here? Feels like we are. Yeah, it feels like we're in a great spot with Kieran here. <laughs> what are you asking? <laughs> Jess can't get a Rose. Uh, she ends up going home. We literally don't have time to talk about anything that happened with her and Alex and Kira. Uh, I just want you to imagine like, um, let's say a panther eating a gazelle uh, as we wave goodbye to poor Jess Brody Mm. at the same time. Deserved quite a lot better, um, but also I think acquitted herself quite well and has probably got a bunch of new followers and, you know, all the good stuff that you hope for someone to get from this Yeah, and also on the topic of um, queer batchy stuff, came out as bi. I saw that. Very cool. Mm. So bring it back to paradise. True. Mm -hmm. Let's have some more fun. As far as we know, she's still looking for love. We're going to leave Kieran there. Although the fucking, the show, I keep forgetting, the show was shot in November. <laughs> they can't say anything. They've just been sitting silently yeah. for months. And imagine, like, you, you see some of the vitriol that's happening on the internet at the moment. Mm. Well, I'm talking specifically about uh, something that Naranga had to say about Cass this week. Mm. More to come on that. Mm. Like, imagine sitting on that for nine months. Right. And just stewing on it and being like, okay, cool. I'm so mad about this and the 12 people that I can talk to about it, six of whom don't agree or right. are in a different... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that would be really difficult. Mm. Anyway, we don't have time for uh, Kieran anymore. We're going to come back to him uh, a little bit later. But first I've been we saying need to... I don't have time for Kieran for fucking weeks. <laughs> yeah. To make a quick note before we leave Please? Kiki, I think I find really interesting about her... Is I don't know fucking anything about her. Right. Yeah. Like, she has been given no personality other than the fact that she is interested in Kieran. Right. And like they have to have had conversations where we learn things about her. Like the only time we see her asked a question is when Kieran is like, hey, Kiki, what's your favorite color? And she says, I don't have one. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know anything about her other than like she's this leggy, beautiful Barbie blonde. Right. And she's into British scumbags. Like, I don't... I think there is a real opposition to actually bothering to get to know her because she is such a visual presence. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't don't like that I said that, but I mean, like, she almost is an archetype just by then. Or, you know, it's very easy to put her in a box based on the way she Yeah, I mean, I think the show knows that it's using her for that purpose. Right. And it's curious to me because that was basically what her vibe was when she was originally on Bachelor as well. Mm. And... I I can only imagine she uh, agreed to come on Bachelor in Paradise hoping that that might change or that there might be... Because, like, what I mainly... And we don't have to talk about Kiki forever, but what I mainly know Kiki for is, like, every so often I am scrolling the Daily Mail and they, mm-hmm. they will have an article that is, like, busty, curvy, bombshell, <laughs> flaunts, new figure at the beat. And it's just, like, you just took photos of this woman who was on TV five years ago. Right. Who, like, we didn't get to know. Like, there's, I know why you're taking these photos. Uh, and just thinking, like, oh, yeah, she was on Bachelor for a minute. Mm. And I think that is what her reputation will continue to be because of this shitty edit. It's boring. I mean, we talk about blonde Barbies. Katie, you're a Ken doll. <laughs> oh. I thought you were going to say I was 
a blonde Barbie for a second. I was like, <laughs> I'm neither blonde nor Barbie, but mm. thank you. Mm. <laughs> See, I thought you were going to talk about uh, Tim, who seems to be throwing a Barbie every, uh, every <laughs> opportunity. <laughs> That's his self-care. Yeah. Uh, look, I was not going to talk about any of them. I was about to break into <laughs> Mary and Connor. Oh, this is great. And also Kira. Okay, well... <laughs> What a glow up for Mary. Oh, look, Mary, uh, we've had, she said some controversial things, Mm. you know, Uh, she's been unlucky in love up until this point and it's all about to change. I think we've talked a little bit about this in terms of where she stands and where she's viewed by the show and in in the sense that she is one of a very small number of people of colour on the show and I think that the show doesn't view people of colour as a potential romantic prospect. And I think that may partially be because some of the cast aren't really thinking of them as potential romantic prospects, but also I don't think that the show uh, wants us to think that either. No, I think if they did, they would have given Narangra a date card far earlier than mm. they did. Mm. Yes. I think there were... Oh, we're we're going to have to get to this when we get I to it. I know we'll get into that. <laughs> there were a hundred opportunities for them to give Narangra a date card, and they picked literally the most the worst boring time. one. The, the worst The possible. time when it was going to be f- like very uneventful. Mm. Connor, though. Connor! <laughs> That's what we're talking so, about. Okay, so we're talking about a glow-up for Mary, but what about fucking Connor? Yeah! Who, like, we spent... All week making fun of, <laughs> couldn't give less of a shit about him. And I still think it's a really weird and bad decision for them to go like three new dudes and they're all white dudes. Yeah. And they all look pretty much the same. Yeah. But it just so happens that the two of them that we got to know this week kind of rule. Yeah. And like are so much more genuine and, you know, so much more invested and so much more willing to give time and respect and energy and thought to these relationships than any of the, I mean, it stands to reason. The I guess, people who went on The Bachelor to, to be on Paradise. Right. Right. I Yeah, I think they didn't think about it as like fuck island in the way that some of the mm. um, gentlemen are clearly mm-hmm. perceiving it to be. Mm-hmm. And they, they walked in, it seems, with the intention of falling in love. Mm. And so we're actually getting to watch some love happen, right. which thank God, because I'm, I'm, dying <laughs> yeah. yeah well it should be said as well that across these four episodes there is not a lot of like romance you know like and the show doesn't need to be all romance and kissing and stuff it tends to be the parts that we kind of enjoy the most uh um but yeah it was like a it was a dip it's I nice think. when there's some yeah just a moment and just you feel it so butterfly. much more in the like wasteland of the <laughs> drama you know so here's one beautiful moment. Connor has everything that Mary is looking for in a man and she says he is a very very good man, quote 100% my type and she tells the girls that the rose that she gave him at the last rose ceremony was more than just a friendship rose. So things are finally looking up for Mary, maybe. But first the return of Kira Maguire to Paradise who separated from Jared last year uh, and he's back in Fiji for another chance at love. Hello. Don't you know who I am? She asks us. Uh, <laughs> the audience. But uh, look, Xavier, I have, I have a better question, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kira Maguire, are you here? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. mm-hmm. More Instagram followers. Thank you. Would mm. you like to define our relationship with Kira on the pod? So, I mean, Kira... 
entered the world of The Bachelor at the same time that we did <laughs> in Richie's season uh, number four of Bachelor. And she was the villain of that season. And I feel perfectly comfortable to say that phrase about her because I don't get the impression that it was an edit. I It has long been my theory that Kira, maybe more so than most of the other people who are put in a villain role by this series, is kind of into the idea. Yeah. And is kind of like, I want to be a reality TV show character. And I think she has spent a few years of her life now um, between her appearances on Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise, and I think I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here as well. She's She gets around. I, I don't want to say she gets around. <laughs> but I think Bad. this is an environment in which she thrives, and she has become incredibly good at being... Incre- Isn't that from the Grinch? <laughs> Sorry. Um, but she, <laughs> she really likes being this character, and she's fucking great at it, and she is... Uh, a big meanie. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. But like she says the things that are like funny mean and she says the things that are like dismissive but, you know, relatable to people who are not enjoying what's happening on the show and that okay. kind of thing. Like she is really filling that role but also at various times I have found her to be pretty tedious and also just a real bummer. And genuinely cruel yes. at times. I think I that's think true. I think if there is a line at which villains know when to stop, she either doesn't. Good villains, right? Like good TV villains. Good TV villains Mm. um, who like know where to stop. She either doesn't know where that line is or she does and doesn't fucking care. Mm. Because, I mean, I know we'll get to it, but when you see her at the Buller Banquet, like that is a woman who knows she's crossing a line and doesn't care. Right. Right. Uh, Her exact line is, who cares? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Not even I don't care, but no one could. Right, right. <laughs> so she's done super well to ordain herself as the quote-unquote queen of the franchise, and I'm really fascinated by what motivates Kira. Mm. Uh, like, we haven't really seen that combination of, exactly as you say, Katie, cruel and also confident on Australian reality TV mm. before, you know? Like, I, I just think it's like, um, it's, ki- it's kind of unseen, and I have my questions about what makes her wheels spin, mm. But then I also wonder if you could argue at the same time that Kira found the audience that she has because she was the first of her archetype rather than necessarily being like the best of it. Mm. I think I I wonder if it makes sense that she was the first person that we saw to do this and the audience that she has gained and sustained are the audience who saw her first and latched onto it as someone who I guess was relatable to them. And like you say, like I... I don't know, maybe she's funny to some people. I don't find her particularly uh, charming or particularly funny uh, in the way that I like to watch love-to-hate characters on TV. Mm. Um, but she's certainly a provocateur, and maybe that's enough for Australia. I think a lot of people see her consistency as a sign of integrity uh-huh. and the fact that um, she has not opted to go for a glow-up aside from maybe the relationship with Jared. But even then, I think that was... She was not being a different person. Mm. Um, and I'm sure if she listened to us saying this, she would be like, yes, that's who I am. And you just don't like me for who I am. Right. Which is potentially, yeah, I don't have to like everyone. I think um, we have a problem with that, though, culturally, especially like in the reality TV world where people act as though 
being yourself is a virtue. Mm. Whereas if being yourself is being an unkind person, then that's not a good thing. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Villains right. are like, you can't hate me for being who I am. I'd rather... Oh, well, Kieran literally put an Instagram caption, I'd rather be hated for who I am than loved for who I'm not this mm. week. Mm. And I was like, I said to my partner, no one has ever said that who is a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, it's a red flag for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and you, you're right. Like, probably Australia looks at her um, uh, in a similar way to they look at, like, Kyle Sanderlands, right? Like, Ooh, that's, it's a, that's a really, that's really a strong point. <laughs> yeah, but do you know what I mean? Like, like that's a guy who tells it like it is. And mm. in the same way, like, the, um, the way that it is to her might be different to how it is to me and that we, we draw our lines differently for that reason. We'll, we've got more to say as we go into it i I think there's a real argument to be made um that the villain character or the person i i don't even necessarily think the villain character because i think that's a bit too broad but somebody like kira is an incredible lightning rod for the person who is in the same room as the person who is watching the bachelor 100 percent. you know the housemate or the uh the brother or the sister or whatever it is who is like what the fuck are you watching what did she say and then but then somebody like kira will go like I don't know. I can't even think of a thing that she would say, but we'll say something negative about one of the other ones. And then that person can go like, this one gets it, you know? Right. Like it is very helpful for someone to be able to have little barbs at the rest of the cast that sometimes are like really hurtful if you think about them um, as just a way that people can get hooked into it. So we're looking for a sexy man's to sweep Kira off her feet and... (laughs) Buller boy Osher Ginsberg is here to play Cupid in what I will say is the best fit of the season. My goodness. Oh, the, he's looking um, good. The red Buller shirt, the like light blue jeans mm. and the Chino, like Chinos, the, uh, what, like they're like Clark's Wallabies. Beautiful yeah. shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, and he's he, got this little dating show within a dating show. This is what happens. Yeah. He's here to play Cupid and he brings all the boys away for a blind date and the men basically um line up in front of uh i don't know like a six foot tall flower display Mm. and (laughs) answer questions submitted by kira it turns out that uh clean skin connor answers the best we didn't talk last week about the show's decision to call these people clean skin did we not i've thought about it constantly i'm so glad that i get to be involved in this conversation katie the floor is yours (laughs) it's a horrible decision because it either makes you think of like Cheap wine, which mm. is not a nice connotation for nope. a human being. Oh, did you or say like connotation? Interesting. <laughs> 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 or like, I don't know, you've really like scrubbed a bitch raw. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, could be the, it could be the OCD in me. But when someone is called a clean skin, I'm like, they've just, they've been washing their hands for hours. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to dive into it too much but i think it has a somewhat unfortunate like racial connotation sure um especially coupled with the fact that they are three white dudes yes um and you know clean as opposed to like dirty skin like it doesn't take too much digging to just be like Ugh, maybe we should have gone with any other word you know <laughs> yeah like it's pejorative it's weird uh and certainly a phrase that i would like to avoid going i feel for. like the guys themselves are also trying not to yeah. use the word and like somebody in the like writing staff or the production or whatever has been like we have to keep saying it. We have to put it on the Chiron underneath their name. <laughs> Make sure Osh is using it in his tweets. Right, right. Yeah. right. But Connor is really genuine in his answers to Kira. Um, he says that his last relationship ended because he was married to the job. Now he really realizes that being married to the relationship is more important. Mm, married My- to the um, spouse. Right. 
<laughs> hey, that's a TV show. Married to the spouse. Uh, the spouse wants a spouse. Married at first spouse. <laughs> <laughs> I think married to the spouse is just like 90% of sitcoms that star men. That's right, right, true. right. Uh, Tim Allen is married to the spouse. <laughs> yeah. What if I, a terrible man, had a very hot wife? <laughs> She's so nice to me. Oh! <laughs> Stop giving me way too much leeway in every aspect of my, my life. My are getting weary. <laughs> my back is getting tight. Um, uh, it is a fantastic theme song, The King of Queens. I think it's a top 10 TV theme song. Mm. Mm. Anyway, uh, she loves Connor, right? Uh, w- uh, my question to you is if you're Connor and Kira ambles out from behind the privacy of a six-foot-tall flower arrangement, what is your reaction? This presents such a fascinating collection of avenues to discuss. Well, I feel like we could talk about this date forever because, like, um, one I'd of like the th- not to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one of the things that I know about Kira is that um, she likes to get headlines and stuff like that. I think that is fair to say. I think, like, um, I've heard... I don't know how much this is true, but, like, Jared has talked about one of the reasons that their relationship ended was that um, he was very interested in kind of, like, once they got off the show, working on their relationship and being a couple together. And she was interested in still being a famous couple and um, getting people talking about them and um, that sort of thing, which, like... If you're a person who goes on Bachelor or Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, whatever, is a legitimate goal for you to have, right? But it was not a good match for the two of them. But with that in mind, it is very interesting that she, from behind a wall, picked a man who has no relation to the franchise in any way and then has to battle with, I think... Like, I think what we're seeing on this date is her, you know, being like, how can I... How, How can, can I, I be Kira Maguire TM with this man that doesn't right, know me at all? Right, right. Yeah, this person who doesn't have much familiarity with how the franchise kind of operates. And what yeah. I think she does is she tries to say like, oh, well, this guy doesn't know who I am and therefore does he know what he's getting involved with because Kira Maguire TM is such a... But it's also like, he, sure, he hasn't been on the show, but like you're a famous person. The show is broadcast on television and he probably has one. Right. You are not a secret to him. What she attempts to do is say that it's a catch-22 and then not lay out the elements of a catch-22. She's like, it's a catch-22 because it could be good or it could be bad. And Mm. I'm like, no, catch-22 is bad in ways that are related to each other. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, they are off on a date um, down by a beautiful crystal clue... Down by a beautiful, crystal clear uh, body of water that uh, Kira abjectly refuses to go into. This is her best and most relatable trait. As far as, <laughs> I, as the son of a, of a swimming teacher, not going into the water is a personal passion of mine. <laughs> She's just had a tan. I'm like... Well, uh, getting my rig out is a right? personal passion of mine <laughs> yeah. on every date. When 100%. is the bikini moment? Mm. So she wants to get her rig out, but Connor, uh, it appears, is feeling pretty tepid about getting his feet wet uh, on this date as well. He describes Kira... Uh, he keeps using this word, ready? Presence, um, as if she is like th- the big potato or like fantasy by Britney Spears. <laughs> like she's a street magician. Right. Like. There's a real, there's just something about her. <laughs> Can't look away. He says that he'll Like be... she's the Mona Lisa. Right, 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 right. Her eyes literally follow you across paradise. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he says that he would be intimidated to approach her at a bar. And this is part of Kira's deal, right? Mm. Like to the extent that this is funny, it's funny. Sure. B- and but she wants that. Like that's yes. part of her 
Yeah, Fine. but also, like, it's kind of cool that, like, she purports herself to be a strong woman on TV and it's cool for Australia to get a taste of a woman intimidating a man by the, like, her quote-unquote presence yeah. and forthrightness. Yeah. yeah, this is the kind of strength that I'd like to see from her. Right, really? I'm to so on board for that part. I like seeing a woman who is in her own element, who doesn't need a man to, like, fluff around and court her and whatever and mm. is like, no, I'm my own bitch. Like, like yeah. that's great. Yeah. The way she takes that too far and is then awful, I don't enjoy. Mm. Right, right. And also, I just don't know if Connor is really the right target because he seems very affable and he's kind of just like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'll go along with yeah. it. Yeah. It seems reasonable. Yeah. yeah. You seem like you know what you want to do. Yeah. Like, there's, like, Connor is the, um... He doesn't have anything to lose. Like, if it were anyone else from the show, they'd be like, hey, listen, I'm Jake Ellis and I... Here's what I have to say about it. Yeah, sure. And we'll contrast it against, like, I, I want to talk about Kira's arguing style a little bit later. Uh, like, Connor is the perfect foil for that, you know, where she is mm. so forward and forthright and, like, fuck yeah in, in that situation in particular. And Connor's just like, okay, <laughs> sounds Chelsea, great. Babe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And imagine arguing out. with that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the date doesn't go anywhere, uh, but we do get to the Buller Banquet and Mary is, uh, to borrow a phrase, bricking it. Mm. Um, so she's upset that Kira is calling Connor babes. Which is, I think, kind of like me getting upset at you, Zave, uh, for talking uh, about your foot troubles on the podcast. <laughs> you know? What are feet doing, babe? They're, okay, I don't want to go into it. I made Xavier walk around Ikea with his sore feet, so <laughs> yeah, I think did. I have to ask. <laughs> we like, should we just go in and find the thing that we want to see? I'm like, no, I don't get to go to That's Ikea. That's true, I did. I, I did to go here enough. Yeah, yeah, I did yeah, sure. ask if you just wanted to get the thing, and then we spent like, no, no, two hours no. in Ikea. I want to look at the lamps. This is the sort of thing that's going to happen, though. You know, like, you can't be mad at it. She calls everyone babes. You have foot troubles. Okay, Sarah, moving on. <laughs> and they're getting better every day. Until but I put the shoes on. <laughs> the babes and the feet. <laughs> but after the Buller Banquet, we learn that Kira and Connor are, shall we say, mutually disinterested. <laughs> uh, and Connor heads back to Mary for a cocktail and a cuddle. And eventually he roses her up. We don't really hear from them again until a double date later in the week. There's this really lovely moment of levity where Mary is trying on like a hundred different <laughs> outfits to impress Connor and Connor is asleep on the bed. <laughs> this exact sequence is, is covered really excellently in the TV show um, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend where they do a whole song where she's oh like elaborately God. getting ready. Is it the sexy getting ready song? The sexy getting ready mm. song. Right. And then like she's like like waxing herself. It's really like funny. And then it cuts to Greg, the guy she's going on a date with. And uh, she's Glenn, like... I think. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, let's see how the guys get ready. And he's literally asleep on the fucking couch. Right. And it was that exact scene. Like, we love it. You love to see it. We love it. We love to see it. We love Adam Schlesinger, the uh, writer oh, of that yeah. song. Incredible. Oh. R.I.P. Rest in peace. You Absolutely incredible musician. Dead bitch. I love you so much. <laughs> dead bitch. You dead ass you bitch. You dead fucking bitch. Uh, motherfucking dead No, incredible artist. We really oh my God. We all love work. him so much. And I love that. Mm. Uh, okay, so where were we? Connor, we were Mary. We talk about Josie oh. and the Pussycats, the movie. Oh my god! <laughs> just he is he is just the best songwriter to mm. have to have come around in in my lifetime. There we go. Uh, we were going to talk about that thing you do. We, I was going to say that thing we, you do was a clue talk, on okay. Jeopardy last night. <laughs> really? Alex and I were like, <gasps> oh. <laughs> let me talk, let me tell you about this. Okay, so the day that he passed away uh, from symptoms of coronavirus. Mm. I was uh, sad, very sad. You and yeah. I were texting. Yeah. And 
I this this is the right atmosphere to share something like this. I think this podcast uh, should be longer too. We yeah. did open with Dead Dad. So. We did oh, open true. with Dead Dad. Okay, cool. So let me let me Dead give you Dad this. Dead Dad's music. Mm. Dead Dad of Music, uh, he passes away on this day. If you don't know who Adam is, um, Adam, Adam Schlesinger is like the writer for uh, Fountains of Wayne who wrote Stacey's Mom but wrote so many brilliant pop songs from mm. the late 90s through to the mid-2000s. He also wrote for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, That Thing You Do, so many uh, TV shows, the Tonys and the Emmys. He is uh, award-winning, just just this incredible composer of of song and lyric and music anyway the day that he passed away one of the things that he did was uh he wrote this song for sesame street called i wonder and it's all about ernie wondering um why does uh the bird do this and um uh, why does the um the bumblebee make the buzz that it does and we were listening to this song i was like danny this guy's died like it, danny's my fiance hello listeners um the <laughs> uh and as it was happening there's this like um you know, um, why why does it make the buzz that it does? And into our room, I shit you not, flew this tiny little bumblebee oh. situation. I don't know. If, I don't know. I can't call it a bumblebee for certain, but it was like this bee that flew into our room and it was there for like three seconds and then it flew out and Danny was like, that was him. And I was like, oh. I have never believed in spirituality more in my life That's than I have so in that beautiful. exact moment. I wow. love that shit. Yeah. Like, that is the shit that I eat up and that is so good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, um, you know, we eat this shit for breakfast and there's a lot of shit to keep going with here. On the <laughs> yeah, there's very little podcast. of that kind of shit <laughs> in paradise. <laughs> Mary has a child. This is news. Hey, what about that? Okay. Uh, yeah, did we know that at all? We knew it if we followed some of the like gossip magazines last season, but it was never addressed on the show. Yeah. We do follow them, but yeah, it was not. It's not common knowledge amongst Apache folks, right? Uh, viewers and whatnot, and it really came out of nowhere, I think. But also, I think this this conversation was handled super well. Yep. Um, just very hands off by the production and editing and that kind of thing. It was just two people talking about a thing, talking about their lives. Connor, who is a normal person, <laughs> handled it normally. Yes, and it was good. Right, and so like he's not deterred by any of that, and like he tells Mary at the same time, like he wants the um, the family and the love and the front porch, and he can get it at a good price as a prize-winning auctioneer and agent in Tasmania. <laughs> well, Tassie's not too expensive. Nice man. Yeah, lots of properties. Mm-hmm. Um, if you search out his uh, real estate video on YouTube, <laughs> I was wondering if this would come up. You really should. Like, there's this iMovie promo reel where um, all of this descriptive text flashes up on the screen, such as um, thirty thousand Instagram followers, and then also household name. And this is what was informing. I talked a lot last week about how I didn't think that Connor and I would be friends, mm. but and th- and that's sort of what was informing that like this gosh promo video. Property agent is not like our perfect. That you know, man, you yeah, know, but whatever. Yeah, uh, but like, uh, if we're talking about people who were there for the quote unquote right reasons, Connor is at the top of the list, and I'm so here for, for it. For sure, yeah, yeah. Like, it's really wonderful to watch a love story happen, partially because we are so deprived <laughs> of love. <laughs> goodness gracious! And it's also really wonderful to see a love story happening for a woman of color, where it has been. At no point made a big deal that she's a woman of color. It's been at no point made a big deal that she's a mother. Yeah, like she's yep. allowed to just be a woman falling in love on TV, and it is like really beautiful to watch. I do think it is because the show is actively disinterested in her uh, yes. that those things have not been a focal point. But I do like it better that way. I think, and she has had a remarkable increase in like screen time and um, 
I think she has been treated a bit better in these episodes as well. Although there was one of them, I think maybe the second of these week's episodes, where I just noticed that she was in like every second cutaway. Like she was That's for true. some reason being really like doing the heavy lifting. Mm. Um, so Mary's like, this is the thing. She's a great narrator and mm. she's relatable, I think, to the people of Australia in the commentary that she gives. Mm. But to be relegated to that commentary role isn't to do her justice. And it is so nice to see her have a, a moment in the sun as a romantic lead. That's yeah. the thing, because she's so... Oh, sorry. She's so expressive. She's so funny. And we only see that within the context of her relating back to the camera what other people are doing. Yeah. But during this week, we get to see her, like, making, like, big, cute noises and gestures and stuff to her new squeeze. And that fucking rules. Like, that expressiveness and all the things that we like about her as a commentator are also the things that we should be valuing about her as a human being as well. Yeah. All I was going to say is our two best kind of love stories that we have going right now are... Alicia and Mary, and they're our best commentators. So it's nice to see those women who the show kind of brings back for the sake of like, oh, we we need some women to make people laugh and tell us what's going on. Mm. Like Mm. they are getting their own stories out of paradise. It's so like beautiful Mm. and nice to see. Which is, it's so fascinating because the commentary that we get from them a little bit later is spot on in regards to the way that Kieran is treating Renee. And for these to be the women who are telling us the story and for them to be the people who are experiencing the bulk of the the love story mm. is like there's a real nice serendipity to that, I think. Definitely. Yeah. It's time for us to move on. We're going to leave Mary and Connor there. We'll pick Kira up at various points throughout. She seems She'll to permeate head in. Yep. every part of this episode. As we move into uh, the couple that I have named... Brittany and Jamie, and also Garlo, with a detour into Kira and Alicia, and then a second, much briefer detour into Megan Marks, and then a third detour into <laughs> Eleanor, for reasons that remain unclear. Now, some of these detours are really quite brief. Yes. In fact, they are. Uh, look, a quick programming note before we dive in here. Jamie uh, revealed this week that he's suing Channel 10 and Warner Brothers, we presume, over his representation on the show. And I want to be really clear, like up the top here, that we're being careful we're being super careful with this section um what we can do as people who are talking about the tv show is talk about the tv show you know like we're talking about what is presented to us on tv and to call out the obvious points of editing when we see them and to that end i think it's important to remember that what we're seeing is a narrative you know and that the narrative that we're being fed by the show is likely different to what actually happened yeah Mm. can we say that Mm -hmm. yeah i don't i don't want to like um i guess there's a temptation to like debate whether or not we feel like he has a case or whatever right like i feel like this situation offers up that but i I don't want to get involved in that yeah um but you know we there you know we as we have always done and will always do we will point out the things in the edit that we think are yucky because there's always yucky shit going on in these edits and a lot of it's happening with Jamie. A lot of it's happening with other people. Um, but also, yeah, as you said, we we only have what we're given to go off. So, I also think there's more than enough to say within how Jamie has behaved, admittedly, yes. in the way that is portrayed to us. Yes. But, you know, in uncut, non-Frankenbitten dialogue that he says, behavior that we see... And there's enough to talk about in the way that the producers have treated him that we can either see or assume that we don't really need to go into why he may or may not be suing Channel 10 and if he has the grounds to do so. Mm. Like, there's... we're going to spend a lot of time on Jamie, I have a feeling. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot of Jamie to to come in this next section. And the show's telling us a story about Jamie, you know, Mm. and the story 
has Jamie as a key party to a great deal of drama, and it, the story presents Jamie in a more unforgiving light than, you know, maybe is likely to have played out in reality. But as with all these things, you know, probably the truth is somewhere in the middle, right? Mm. Like Jamie feels manipulated or can feel manipulated and taken advantage of by the show and he can also have said some things exactly as you say katie that we're never gonna hold him in the best light to begin with Mm. you know Mm. um and i want to be clear about like my position on this right as we enter into this discussion like my position remains that i think that jamie is someone who is trying to do and be good on the tv Mm. uh and i see someone who's trying but someone who doesn't always know how to say or do the right thing and that doesn't mean that the things that jamie has said and done on this show within the context that we've seen them can't be harmful and we'll talk about them in the context that they were presented Mm. Uh, but you know a lack of understanding isn't something that excuses harmfulness Mm. uh intended or otherwise to whatever degree it's felt but it does mean that i don't see real true malice in what jamie does you know what i mean I like. I'm. I'm really happy to have this conversation. I quite directly disagree with. Interesting. You. Um. And admittedly, I think you know I'm probably swinging some bias in here. That I've always found the man annoying. Yeah. But I. I tried to answer that question for myself. I rewatched all four episodes today. Yeah. Right. Um. Not just to watch Jamie <laughs> in preparation for the podcast. Mm. And I tried to like. As and now this is as we are shown on the show. Please don't sue me for defamation. Mm. Um, I think there are a lot of red flags that Jamie shows in his behavior that are like common uh, behavioral traits of emotionally abusive people. Now, okay. I do not want to say that he is an emotional abuser. I can't say that. I'm not involved in his relationships. I can't get into that dynamic. But there are like 10 toxic things that I wrote down that I think that he shows consistently. My question is cognizance. You know? So I think that's potentially a little bit irrelevant. Okay. Um, for two reasons. Firstly, because because people are either putting the cognizance debate into a maturity question, yeah. Which I say, fuck that. He's forty. Like <laughs> he's mm. had enough exposure to the world by now. He's had enough exposure to other people. That's not an excuse. If it's a mental health question, I don't think that's ours to stipulate. No. I don't think we can answer to that. Mm. And I also think mental, as a person with a fuck ton of mental illnesses, mental illnesses are not an excuse for behavior. Right. So if you behave a certain way because of something that you are experiencing or a way that your brain tells you to do it, you are still mistreating people if you are mistreating people. 100%. Mm. And so that is where I think there's a... F- a negligence on the part of both Jamie and the producers in bringing him back to the show. Mm. Yeah. I mean, th- so that's the the crux of, of the question is like, for me, like I listen to the other contestants on the show say, I don't think he understands what he's saying here. And I go, okay. Mm. You know, like if, if you're having a firsthand experience of that and you're saying, I don't think that this man, particularly Brittany, who was romantically quite sort of involved with him, saying i don't think that jamie understands yeah i go or it's like it's like being mad at someone for not remembering something i think that's part of our culture of the way we speak about men okay as a woman who has experienced like these sorts of behaviors obviously not in a romantic context but from men yeah uh who will you know i don't know start an argument with me about feminism or who want to 
be controversial or don't yeah. whatever whatever mm. it is yeah. people will be like oh they don't really know what they're doing or like it's just a joke to them or it's not that big of a deal yeah i would argue the consequence of that needs to be as regarded as strongly as the intention Fuck yeah 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 i i like i absolutely uh agree with you mm-hmm. but i'm also not here to sit here and say like uh he means it you know, like he means it in a way that is supposed to be as malicious as it is portrayed on the show. No, and I think that, you know, the the problem which we've addressed right at the top is that we're never going to know the exact context of everything. Right. And the yep. show, I think the producers have been quite terrible to him, both in bringing him back on the show when they have a sense that either he's a man who doesn't fully understand the impact of his behaviour mm-hmm. or, um, you know, they just think they're going to get good TV out of him because he's highly emotional and he's highly responsive and mm. obviously that's what they're looking for. Right. Yeah. But you can tell there's something different with him. Right. You can tell that that extreme mood swing and that extreme reactivity is is a sort of unique thing in that's, his particular yeah, context. Yeah, to Jamie. Mm. Yes. I've forgotten what the fuck I was saying. Well, uh, like, uh, <laughs> I think we've found some sort of a middle ground here. Like, I feel like we're looking at the, the same thing we're saying the same thing different ways. I agree. Yeah, I think we're looking at a similar thing and um, maybe coming at it from different contexts. Yeah, yeah. But and ultimately, we can't know what the show is, what what the raw footage situation is, what the actual on-the-ground experience is. All we can do is react to what the show has done to him. Right, and I so, like, when... Sorry. Sorry, Xavier. Oh, no, no. Um, I just think it's an interesting thing that because this stuff happened quite a long time ago... Mm, I don't want to. I don't want to venture into the legalities of things and that kind of thing. But it, it is interesting to th- to think about, like, because we don't really know what happened. I wonder if even the people involved at this point are fully sure of what happened. Yeah. And and now that that much time has passed, and also the thing that is fresh in everyone's mind is what ended up being aired at seven thirty p.m. on Channel Ten. Right. Is like, is this thing kind of going to be lost to time, or you know, are people? Are people feeling things about this that they haven't had a chance to express yet or... Um, yeah. I, it, it's interesting. Like, you look at the people who even liked the post that Jamie made about suing Channel 10. Mm-hmm. And it's people from the show, people who are on this season and people who I think ha- have presented themselves or the show has presented to be quite reasonable. Mm-hmm. And so to that end, you know, like, I think that it's reasonable for us to assume that fuck who knows what we're saying at this point right like yeah. i guess i think what you're saying is that there is a there's an extent to which we can trust the cast members to yeah. have a have a perception of him i again i i i do and don't agree with that again because of the way that we as a culture treat men who yeah. behave in dysfunctional ways 100 percent, mm. yes mm. and like that is especially some of the men that are on this island <laughs> <laughs> and there are ways that you can you can speak to it where um, it's it's almost like a disease that presents with different symptoms. For sure. You know? Yeah. Uh, it's pretty easy to look at the actions of somebody like Kieran this week and go like, well, that's well, a problem that. with men. That right, right. It sh- should be addressed. And we can recognize this thing that we see all the time. Uh-huh. And I think the situation with Jamie is because of its somewhat more uniqueness or... Um, or aspects of it being somewhat more unique to Jamie or whatever. Um, it becomes a murkier. Yeah, we're definitely seeing the multi-headed toxic masculinity dog in right. um, 
in yeah. paradise this yeah. year. It's called Fluffy. Uh, it lives above <laughs> the trapdoor in book one Has of the series. Has someone tried going to the island and just gently playing a harp and <laughs> seeing if they all go to sleep? <laughs> And it must be said, good. J.K. Rowling is trash and fuck. Oh yeah, turf trash. Fuck yeah. that. We begin with Brittany, uh, who gave her rose to Jamie at the last rose ceremony, and wants to pursue something with him. As mm-hmm. far as we've seen in confessional, but mm-hmm. Jamie has eyes elsewhere. He says to Tim that he likes Eleanor because she really gets him, and he likes Renee because she is so calm. Do you know what, Jamie? You might like a picture of a sunset. <laughs> You know I mean, you know what's calm? Yeah, mindfulness-based therapy practices. Mm. There you go. True. Yeah, yeah. I have an app called Calm, which is for <laughs> mindfulness-based therapy practices. My uh, first—I forget what it was. One giant mind. Has anyone used that? Before? Oh yeah, I've been yeah. on there. Uh, I hated the guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big app guy. Yeah, I, I yeah I do a lot of therapy, but I'm not a big app guy. Every yeah. therapist I go to is like, you've got to get this app. <laughs> <laughs> you've got to check this you've out. Got to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Because um, I, I get therapy from the Apple Store. <laughs> 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 I'm like, you guys are geniuses, right? Can you help me with what's going what's on? What's going on here with me? <laughs> uh, is the warranty still active for uh, me? My brain. <laughs> These are basically being presented as the stakes for the entire season. Brittany likes Jamie, uh, and Jamie really likes Brittany, but also could see himself with someone else, like mm. Kira, for example. Um, sure. Why so not? this is the drama that we referenced earlier. Uh, it comes out of this conversation that Jamie is having in front of Brittany about his intention to suss things out with Kira, which is his prerogative, uh, but it's also Brittany's prerogative to feel really upset about that. And we hear her say that it hurts her that Jamie is talking about it in front of her. Mm. A thing that I was thinking about when I was trying to think about if Jamie could have ever had an effective redemptive arc, if he deserved one is uh, out of the question. Yeah. Um, But what you need is a good sort of like community care and rehabilitation kind of team and the other people that are on paradise. Mm. And they do attempt. He's linked in with the other men in a very real way in the sense that like Connor isn't or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And, and they, but they, you see them try. He will take fucking nothing. And it's, it's upsetting to see because it means that it keeps coming back on Brit like that. In this situation, uh, both Kieran and Tim really try with with Jamie, and the crux of it is that Jamie says, "If Kira is horrible, I'll go running right back to Brittany." And, right. You know whether or not he's trying to have a joke, um, or whether or not we're seeing it in the context that's delivered. I don't think it's funny, and it comes across as insensitive. He says it's a joke, um, and it's not funny. Uh, and Brittany says, hey, that's not funny. Yeah. And he goes, no, no, but you see, it was actually because I was joking. <laughs> yeah, I think another thing that we see from Jamie is a sort of complete lack of self-awareness and remorse when he does, like, fuck up. Yeah. Like, people will be like, hey, Jamie, you did this thing and it hurt someone. And he's like, oh, I don't think so. But yeah. then, like, when his emotions are activated is when, like, Tim leaves. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, and that's the sort of the thing, like, if you have the particular worldview of, like, well, no, but this is this is how it should be. Yeah. You know, like, then that's... I, I see that for what it is, which is just... For sure. That's how he thinks, mm. you know? 
Uh, Kieran and Tim, as we have said, are party to this. They try to explain to Jamie why Brittany's upset. Tim says, you need to be straight with her or you're going to hurt her more than Yvonne did. You're stringing her along if you're saying friendship. I think you need to cut her off. You're giving her friendship roses, but she's not giving you friendship roses. Mm. So cut her off before you break her heart. This is perceptive Tim. This is good Tim. We love this Tim. Yeah. Like sit on my left shoulder, Tim, and and tell me stuff. <laughs> We also hear, that on your other shoulder? Uh, look, that's that's also Tim. And um, that's Tim at the Bull Banquet. We're gonna talk that's to Tim that. when you want his missus. Right. Yeah. We're yeah. going to talk to that Tim a bit later. Uh, we also hear Alex in confessional. We're not going to talk much about Alex uh, this week, but I just want to say that he said the best thing of the entire week in this confessional. You've just, just realised who sorry. Alex is. Yeah, I just want to flag the look. <laughs> You're like, the fuck? This kept Alex Nation? I was like, who the fuck? Fuck is Alex? Who is this I would be like, oh right, yeah, yeah that okay, one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he says, you'd think after seven or eight weeks of living with Jamie, I'd know what's going on here, uh, but I don't think that even after fifty-five years, Jamie has any idea. And Xavier, I cackled. I did. That's one of the funniest things I've seen on the show in quite a while. It was really good. So <laughs> Jamie then says that uh, he wants to take Renee on a date, which of course finds its way back to Brittany through Naranga and his mouthful of bread roll. More Naranga with a mouthful of food, please. I loved it. Like just like like oh fucking Brit, I just got I, we found something else out. I love that he's just like wait the camera's actually pointing at me. It's, I'm it's the eating. apathy to the institution of paradise that I like to see. Right, yeah. right, exactly. Like it doesn't matter the content. I'm I'm eating here. Come yeah. on, we're doing it. Uh-huh. Uh, and obviously Brittany has the shits with this. She confronts Jamie and. Uh, after she walks away, again, Kieran and Tim implore Jamie to go and straighten things out. And this is what we were talking about. Jamie says, I honestly don't feel like I've done anything wrong. Now, like this is important to note because we see it in context. I don't think that there's any Frankenbites here. I think that we see Jamie respond to Kieran and Tim about the situation that has just played out with the conversation with Brit that just happened. It's one of those rare instances where it all happens in sequence. Mm. I don't know. Like, I, he knows not what he does but what he does is harm right yeah like i i I guess yeah almost to me i'm just like i don't care if he doesn't know what he does a lack of self-awareness is a problem yes Mm. at the age of 40 (laughs) but can you like how much to what extent can you blame him for it and that's 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 uh, i don't know that's the question that i ask like the whole way through i'm like i i just don't know how much i can blame you for it's quite difficult yeah. when we don't know a lot of things. Yeah. And when we are only presented a certain amount of stuff. At the same time, I guess, you know, I'm I'm obviously, I've made it clear coming from a place where I make very few excuses for people who Fuck are yeah. not aware of themselves, especially straight white men. Um, because mm. the, 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 like, the job Society is not everybody else. We've yeah. made yeah. it very easy for you, yes. Jamie. Um. And I, there's there's men every year that I... Like, I'm equally as pissed off about Kieran as I am about Fuck Jamie. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. I just, like, can't stand these men that shit their way all over women and are like, oh, it's just a... Oh, whatever. I'm yeah. fun. It just drives me mad. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't see Jamie's being like, oh, whatever, I'm having fun. I just see a man who is, like, uh, you know, 40 years old and should know better. But at the same time, like, uh, I was sort of thinking before, it's like when someone doesn't remember something. You know, like, yeah. How how do you blame someone for something that they're just like, I don't know if I know that or not. I kind of just get I, the, what, like, what it comes down to for me is like, yes I don't. Do? 
I don't feel like he should be in this environment. Right. That is what is like the very first thing that That's I the crux of it. have is that like when you when someone is harmful and toxic and they have a which he was in energy yes. season right. and they have a public presence, the very first thing is to remove them from the context of the toxic behavior. Right. And this so is why we didn't see remove them. That's why they removed Jess from the fucking yes. show. Mm. Like they should have had the good fucking sense. To not bring him in and put him in the public eye anymore. Right, yeah. right. And it's a failure on kind of everyone's behalf. Like, he accepted or even applied. You know, like, I don't know how these things... I think that failure is further on the producers than it is on him. Yeah. But yes, I also think he shouldn't have said yes. But, yeah, absolutely. If you're offered money and TV and attention, sure. like, you fucking your nan's going to say, say yes. Yes, yes. Like yes. that's very true. Right. But it's the same reason why, like, Charlie hasn't been let back on the show. Exactly. Right. You and know. he was a Charlie. He was like, there's there's some real Charlie isms. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, we're now, okay, we're at the first of two Buller Banquets for this week, and Jamie has asked whether Yummy, or famished. not uh, his rose to Brittany is a friendship rose. He confirms that it was, uh, but he also keeps doubling down on this thing where he keeps saying Brittany is the funniest person he's ever met, funnier even than Tim and that he can't imagine being in paradise without her. He doesn't want to wake up in paradise without her. This is a tactic that we like to call love bombing. Yes. Which is where someone is like overly, like aggressively affectionate about somebody and superlative, and this is the best person I've ever known and the most incredible person ever mm. because that allows them to like sort of, and I don't know that necessarily this is what he's doing or is what he's doing it, blah, blah, blah. That caveat is to everything that I say. Yes. It reminds you of um, this thing though. It reminds me of this thing that and I think also is why Alicia got up really distressed about it. Like you can yeah. see the impact of mm. this kind of man is that it then means that he can run around and do the other things because he's like, oh, but it's Britney. She's the best. I love her. I told her she's mm. the best. Everyone knows I think Britney's the best. Best in paradise. Absolute legend. Like there's like 12 different extreme phrases that he says right. about her that's mm. just a bit much. Yeah. Makes me feel bad about the way we introduced you on this episode of the podcast. <laughs> 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 it's one of the great yeah. people yeah. that God I know. Guys. Yeah, Katie, we will be piping in the voices of other women through this episode if that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I think that's how um, the fair, Bachelor right? franchise that's has shown us how it likes to treat yeah. women. Mm -hmm. So you might as well mm -hmm. follow suit. Yeah. yeah. Works uh, for them. So a uh, quick second for cause and effect here because what exactly as you say Alicia uh, really starts to empathize with Brittany in this moment. She says that the situation that Brittany's in reminds her of her situation with Jules in Paradise last year. The Parallels, and Bachelor in Parallels. Hey, 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 episode title. Um, <laughs> it, then she starts to become really upset. And, you know, uh, this is the kind of situation where, like, whether Jamie knows what he's doing or not is completely out of the question because he's doing the emotional hokey pokey with Brittany, right? Like, mm -hmm. he's making her feel like he's one foot in <laughs> and one foot out. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about uh, later whether or not he wants to shake it all about. But what this is... Uh, it's so funny that I removed that song earlier in the episode because it was <laughs> an emo core cover of the Hokey Pokey. Great, and that great, would line up so yep. well. Mm. But I just had to cut it. Anyway, so now Kira chooses this moment to try to confront Alicia about talking behind her back. And we should note, part of the reason why she does this is because Tim puts her up to it. So this is the other Tim. The Tim that's on my right shoulder instead of the good Tim over here who's telling Jamie how to like go conduct his business. This is Tim and we over should here. make it clear that by the other Tim, we're not talking about Gilly, who will be known as Gilly. <laughs> no, Gilly's first name is not Tim. Yeah, the, Tim's the one that got yeeted like straight fuck. away. You know what? Okay, guys. 
<laughs> Gilly's first name is Chris. We love Gilly. If it makes you feel better, I just said yeeted on tape. So <laughs> I kind of like it. Um, I, I agree, by the way. I just want it on the record. Uh-huh. Fan of Gilly. Fan of Gilly's the best. Uh, yeah. so, uh, Gilly's the best, and we love bomb him. <laughs> Uh, so Tim says to Kira, um, you should hear what Alicia has been saying behind your back. And like what we see on the show doesn't hint at any amount of like the level of drama that Tim is presenting is up here. And the level that we are shown on the TV show is down here. Mm. Uh, and you know, uh, for the listeners, when he said up, he was pointing upwards and then when he said down, it was quite a bit lower. Yeah. Like it's only to say that, uh, Alicia and Kira have had words in the past about Kira's commentary during the last season of Paradise, which Alicia took exception to. Yeah, I don't know if I want to get into this whole rabbit hole, but there's a whole whole world of what this is. It's a whole thing, because there is a whole world of how this show takes place. Part of your role as a character on this show, once you're no longer on the show, is to interact with further iterations of the show in order to remain relevant. Sure. And that's clearly what Kira was doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I right. mean the who's who of who's in the zoo being a <laughs> shithead to other people and like mm. mooing and pooping <laughs> everywhere. They aren't cows in zoos. <laughs> anyway, um, it's kind of irrelevant because like in that moment, Alicia is overwhelmed and upset and crying. Yeah. And then Kira is like, um, let's talk about what you said about me. And like, just, she's vindictive. Right. Yeah. There's a real, uh, point where it could stop and Kira says, Oh, hi, that point. And then she walks past that point and she proceeds to um, doing in- interrogate and uh, aggravate and uh, make things much worse. Right. And so we see it both from Tim and Kira in this moment. Like Tim's thing is like, I, like, I don't understand what motivates Tim, but it definitely seems like he's playing with people's emotions for the purposes of his own or the country's entertainment. He really thinks that these Buller banquets are a showcase for him yeah. to make things worse in like a things spicy way yeah mm. where it's like we're having a conversation here yeah. yeah which is like that's a deeply unkind thing to do and like the purpose of the buller banquet is to spice it up i understand that tim has been put up to this by production yes but it's also a thing where like tim is amenable to just being like okay cool i'll do your dirty work for you and let's go he feels a bit like a 12 year old at the adults table throwing spaghetti at everybody right little right little right there's like a midsummer night's dream puckness to him you know like he's yeah, just calling, yeah like <laughs> he's causing shit and from curious perspective like the fire has been stoked under her, but if you're the sort of person who looks at something, you looks at this situation where someone else is showing a great deal of vulnerability and you choose that moment to attack, right? that's just as bad. You know, Eleanor yeah. um, in this moment says of Alicia, she's obviously distressed. I wouldn't put her under fire right now. And this is when Kira simply says, who cares? And yeah. like, hi, I care. Yeah. And you know? Australia the says, we do. The nation cares. Yeah. yeah. We are upset. Yeah. It's mean and cruel and I don't, like it and this is where Kira says in confessional I'm not just the queen babes I run this shit ha 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 which what does she think a queen does well I mean like accurate (laughs) summation of how the monarchy works in relation to the statute it's true but ultimately like there's there's a sort of um implied sense of absolute control (laughs) right 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 and like uh, the thing for me is like if you're coming for the throne you best come correct and to be (laughs) frank i don't see any situation in which someone who has been dumped by human floorboard richie strawn 
you went there. Where, like, I any situation it. where they can or should stake claim to any kind of royal title outside of, like, king shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, beautiful Greg steps in. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. sorry. I don't recall the election. Sorry, <laughs> I don't know how royalty works. Nope, not like that. Uh, he says, uh, you're here for love, eh? You're not here to fuck shit up, eh? And go off. He's right. And incidentally, this is kind of like what we were saying before. This is the... Um, right way to deal with like a pursuant and forceful arguer like you just have to be like a table tennis player and be kind of emotionless and ask questions and just bat it back baby mm. I, I don't think yeah. that there's too much like the the more that you engage with someone who is arguing in such a relentless way the more that you give an inch the more that they can take it in whatever direction that they want to Eventually, the conflict ends, and we spin back to Brittany and Jamie, and Brittany explains to Jamie how he came across, and he's like, oh, oh, I didn't mean it to be like that at all. Oops, I didn't intend that. No, no, no. No, I didn't. And, like, this, for for me at least, taking this on the face value of what we're being presented in the show speaks to the the character where I'm like, okay, cool. He He didn't know, you know? And it's not, like, cool, but it's, like, I'm just going to shrug and go that this is what we're dealing with and it's sad and it sucks. But there's at this point, as we're receiving it, there's nothing that we can do about it other than say it wasn't very good. Yeah. I bro. sit here and I'm like, okay, learn now. Yes. Quickly. Learn now. And we can all learn get now off, from you know. the last 20 times someone told you this wasn't an okay thing to do to Brit. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Um, the other thing I find interesting, because it got brought up when he was interested in Abby, yes. is that he was 16 years older than her, mm. but he is 14 years older than Brit. Much better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chipping away it's, at it. It's totally <laughs> fuck. <laughs> oh, Christ. Oh, love that. If he stopped aging, <sighs> then in 14 years... I think he's be... got enough Botox that he might. Well, I wonder, yeah. Brittany says, uh, "Will would you sleep with me? And Jamie says, I don't know. It's a massive question to put on me. I don't know. I'm so confused. Which is like, I mean, this is what I said to Danny before we got engaged. So that's really nice. You know, like. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't seem to be a very sexual person. No, I do also agree that that is a bit of an, like, that is quite a question to ask somebody. Yeah. Like, no one is obliged to want to sleep with you. Mm. Um, I think it speaks to like different uh, expectations of a relationship and that sort of thing. I agree. Uh, now enter Jackson Garlic. We're still going. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, he I, fucking pops the lid off Paradise. My word. He is like a party magnet. Yep. Or a party pie magnet. Hey. <laughs> or, or a party, party pie, pie magnate. magnate. There we go. Hey. Oh! <laughs> it was right there. You watched us all arrive yeah. at that at the same <laughs> it was time. Joyful. Uh, yeah, he's a very built uh, young man who was well liked on Angie's season. Gallo probably is best known for being the footy famous heir to a meat pie empire, uh, and also because his dad all but accused Angie Kent of being a no good gold digging pie dogging hanger on during their hometown date. <laughs> Get the dad on paradise. Yeah, Papa. <laughs> Papa Sean Garlic, yeah. bring him in. Papa's on paradise. Papa's oh, on paradise. That's a show. Yeah, Papa's wh- in paradise, and it's just like men listening to Jimmy Buffett and like drinking cocktails that they're like, this is girly, but I'm fine with it. <laughs> there was, I, sorry, this is a bit of a tangent, but I was Please. watching um, Maddie J's season like a month ago with my partner, Alex, because they had never seen a season of The Bachelor or Bachelorette before. Did you start with that season? Yes. Good choice. Yeah, it's a yes. good one to start I with, did yeah. consult. I did consult you. I know, I'm making it so <laughs> like, Hi, um, we've never met before. <laughs> I'm creating a rich fiction. 
Um, okay, anyway. Bob Ross. <laughs> there's, a, there's a date where a bunch of the girls' parents come in and one of them is Elise's dad, Phil. And I was trying not to give any spoilers because yeah, it's fine that you don't remember Phil. Mm-hmm. He's just a generic Aussie dad. I don't remember Elise. <laughs> oh, Elise is the runner-up. Max, you've got to check out this podcast. It's called <laughs> Bachelor of Hearts. They've got recaps on you've all got to of check these out this apps. show. It's called The Bachelor. <laughs> That's true too. If you like Bachelor in Paradise, you're gonna love The Bachelor. Elise. <laughs> she was the runner-up. Come on. What did she? Could, can someone describe? She was a her? hockey roo. Oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, what is notable about yeah. Elise? What's her main anyway, thing? her dad, Phil. Alex was besotted with Phil. Uh, quite a fan for some reason. Um, and then I was trying not to give any spoilers, but at one point I said, Phil will be back. Mm. And they didn't know about hometowns at that point, because mm. again, first timer. Um, and so when I said that, they were like, Phil, on Paradise. <laughs> so, Papa's in Paradise has been floated. It's got to happen. I've just, I've just realised who Elise is. I remember who this is. Yeah, she's the runner-up. She, she was, yeah. the, this was quite a big deal at the time. Yeah, no, I was just having a quick, quick little go-through. Yeah, I remember her. Yeah, she was, she's, lov- she's honestly lovely. She's, she's um, chill. Very happily in a relationship. Oh, good for her. Now, yeah, I had to go and check in with all the women as they were eliminated for Al. So I could be like, don't worry, they're married now. Which right. is, I wish we had during regular seasons to right. like. <laughs> to be able to look back and be like, Calm it's it chill. <laughs> Everyone's fine. Nicole Wood's pregnant. What about that? Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, guys, I was going to say, I realized halfway through. Did you guys talk on the last episode about the fact that Ali and Tate broke up? I don't know if we did. Because uh, then you missed it group. at the news. Guys. Or do you not do breakups? Well, I mean, I mean we always do breakups. Yeah, it's, it's a, a huge deal. I feel like that's happened this week and we've just completely missed it. Cool. Cool. Ali and Tate broke up uh, just yep. after they uh, launched their business together, Sweaty AF. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> the, worst. the timing it's is terrible. Yeah. You know, yeah. and there was all these, these posts and the gym's about to open in Melbourne, except no, uh, it's never, not. Never work with your lo- beloved. I just don't think I it's wonder a good if that's idea. It. Mm. Because they were sharing My pretty... My started a business and they got divorced. Mm. So. Oh, God. What about me and Max? Sorry, Mum. Uh, <laughs> she won't listen. Uh, yeah, but I mean, they they would seem very happy together, at least on Instagram, a couple yeah. of days before it all. I know. And it, it it seems to be a pretty amicable split, and they're like, you know, we only want what's best for each other. I guess that's what you would say. Um, Why well, it's two and a half years. Uh, good on them. Sure. Solid yeah. Look, that's like my last relationship. You gave it a go. I think the good main crack. thing that's interesting about this is where it places us in the world of successful bachelor relationships which is that now the most recent success like still together bachelor relationship is maddie j the aforementioned maddie j yeah which is quite a while ago they got a bub like three years ago and we've had three full cycles of bachelor bachelorette and bachelor in paradise uh we don't know what happens at the end of this season i suppose can we get it right? And is that maybe why there are two bachelorettes next season? Because they're like, Increase if we the just odds. cram them in, we got the we stats got going up. Love. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they'll bring brothers in as contestants. Oh, I really <gasps> hope that happens. Oh, what if they're all sets of brothers? <laughs> 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 every contestant. You don't know who's whose brother. <laughs> <laughs> they're all Holy twins. They're just shit. twins. Right? All yeah. the all twins. They all dress the same. <sighs> brother. That would be. Great. Yeah, Channel 10. You Hello. It. You're welcome. Do it. It's yeah, a good we're idea. speaking it into existence. This is the secret here on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. Galo. <laughs> seems like a good dude. Okay, so sorry. <laughs> uh, look, it's not like he's all shepherd and no pie, Zave. 
<laughs> I, say, you know, I, I was, laughed as though it was, was the funniest say, thing I'd ever I was trying to say it's all hat and no cattle. You know what that is? Yeah, 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 I, yeah. Gotcha. I gotcha. I'm trying to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, upon arriving in paradise, he immediately takes Brit away for a chat and they're connecting. It's cool. They seem to have lots in common. Um, and this is uh, where Jackson says, you could call us a couple of hedonists. Yes, he knows how to pronounce words correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, do I know how to pronounce words correctly? Also, I, I don't think he knows hedonist. what a hedonist is. Is it hedonist? It is, right? It I'm is. pronouncing it right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. It's uh, anyway. Uh, I think he's that got would a be terrible t- edit. He's going to be <laughs> lodging a complaint to Channel Ten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, it's all very upsetting to Jamie, who now sees his own rose wilting away, and sets about trying to set Gala up with Adelaide small business owner Cass. Did you know she's got small business? What is it in business? I just mean that, like... Oh, the business is small. No, I mean, like, Cass herself is pretty, like... She's quite small. She's a little lady. And she's in business. Absolute pocket rocket, some terrible (laughs) men might say. Yeah. It should be said that Meat Pie Party Boy Gallo and Sober Vegan Cass are kind of chalk and cheese. She also says that she wants... She keeps saying she doesn't want, like, a young guy. She wants an older, mature, more serious person who is settled down. Like, Narengo, maybe. Yeah, sure. Interesting. Um, Yeah, it doesn't mean that it can't work. It just means that the gradient is steeper. But the thing here is, like, uh, it's more to do with how this affects the dynamic of Brittany and Jamie than it is to do with Galo and Cass generally. Sure. Yeah. um, The person who sums it up the most succinctly is Alicia. She says to Jamie, I'm nervous that you are thinking about staying in paradise and that you would give Galo the impression that he should ease off Brittany just so that you could stay in paradise. Because here's the thing. We start seeing a bit of Galo and Brittany hanging out and they click so well. It's really nice. It's really beautiful. It really seems to be like a very good and like I didn't think of it, but it feels like it was written in the stars type of thing. Sure. They just have a quite similar energy where they're both kind of goofy and they're both just like really having a good time and clicking in with each other's rhythms pretty easily. Mm, mm. And so from here, like Jamie is completely unsubtle in realizing that this is affecting his chance to stay here. He goes, uh-oh. Right. In much the same way as Kieran looked at Jess and said, uh-oh, mm. we see it from Jamie as well. Yeah, he truly becomes a jealous little man. He, right. He becomes very, very jealous in this situation and... Uh, he refuses to put in a good word to help set, set Galo and Brittany up um, because, as he says, it will affect his chance to stay in paradise. And this is where we get our quick word from Gilly, who I believe rules. I think Gilly's a very nice man, and yeah. I'm starting to enjoy him tremendously. And I'm yeah. very sad that, spoiler alert, he's no longer on the show. Yeah. Yeah. He says that Jamie should set his friends up together if indeed he wants them to be happy. Yeah. Which totally Jamie had said he wanted. Right. Right. Low but... Two minutes earlier, our this time, is, yeah, in an unedited, like, two-camera piece. Right, and so it really seems like Jamie wants that, but just not as much as Jamie wants to stay in paradise for his own reasons. Mm. And those reasons appear to be uh, meeting Megan Marks, the, oh, the former Paradise star who was last mentioned during Jake Ellis's impassioned speech about leaving Paradise to go to win Megan Marks back. Right. Which we didn't talk about that much on on our episode, but was a big focal point of the reason Jake left, is he stood up on a soapbox and went like, I don't need any of this. 
I have love of my own and it's waiting for me. Who fucking knows? But but you would think that Jamie would see that and go like, probably put that in the... Probably put that in the no column. The other thing is, if they were to, <laughs> if they were to pull like Megan into paradise, yeah, that is that is a bisexual woman. She's got to go through literally mm. everyone and be like Jamie. <laughs> it's no, <true. laughs> it's not gonna happen. There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of bro code that you've got to go through. Uh, you know, there's true. a lot of bro code red tape. Mm. Jamie says, if Megan Marks walks in, that's the person I would want to see the most. I'd like to see if there's any chemistry between me and Megan. He says that they have also met on the outside. Uh, and Alicia asks Jamie, did you get the impression that Megan is interested? And Jamie says, yes, through text messages and physical contact. Now, interestingly, this Venn diagram um, with like physical contact on one side uh, and then like text messages on the other side. And then in the middle of this is Jamie and Megan. It has been deemed by a bunch of peer-reviewed journals that I've read as the single most important scientific breakthrough of the 21st century when it comes to love and romance. (laughs) Cancel the show. We know how it works now. You text message here. Mm -hmm. You do some physical contact here. In the middle, oh, big love. Mm. That's all you got to have. It's quite a beautiful thing in 2020 where we are doing a lot of text messaging and not a lot of physical contact. I miss that Venn diagram. (laughs) I should note here in case that you you didn't see this is that Megan Marks on her Instagram story posted this, you know, while this episode was airing, just a black background and some white text that said, my ears are burning. (laughs) 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 I didn't know that. That. No further comment was needed, I think. Snorty. <laughs> Very snorty. You're on my snorty list. <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, checking your list and making it twice because Jamie is suddenly missing Eleanor? Question mark? Who was not romantically involved with anyone and left Paradise at some point during this week. She didn't get picked even though she was wearing the most iconic and incredible, like, jumpsuit. Oh, it was the best. This, like, red... I mean, I don't know. Yeah, she just looked Maybe incredible. she's just very skinny, but it was just, like, a whole... She is very thin, and it wasn't not a complicated skinny. garment, but it did look fantastic on her. Yes. Do you want to talk about Eleanor real quick, seeing as she's off the show, and she seems to have had a good run on the show? I mean, yeah. I, I wonder about how she feels about what this was because she was kind of just there. Yeah. Nothing really substantial seemed to happen with her, although she had some good commentary and... She seemed incredibly sensible the entire time. Right. Yeah, totally. there. Like she did a... Not that she really needed redemption. No. But her leaving was a bit weird off the end of The Bachelor with her... She can't. I can't. I can't. I'm on. I'm off. She it's good. Can't. It's bad. And um, so to have and her... she showed that she can't. She can't. She well, can't. did she? She still can't well, romantically. She... Yeah, um, couldn't. Because Greg was a see you later. And yeah. Jake was like, mm, you have reminded me that I love my ex, <laughs> which is the highest compliment. Yeah, that's pretty rough. <laughs> um, but it's at this rose ceremony where it comes down to, like, Alex is the last one. And then he picks Kira. Yeah. And that, that's when he sends Helena and Jess home. Yes. I think that's episode six. That's correct. Yeah, so Alex is like, no to Jess, 
no to Eleanor. I actually thought that was a massive red herring where he was tossing her between Jess and Kira. And I was like, he's just going to go with Eleanor. Because mm. in uh, oh, episode four, we'd seen Eleanor be like, Alex is hot. Yeah. It's like, true. Oh, it he's not a bad nice looking dude. Like, you know, just dudes. like, like these could be two people that we haven't paid enough attention to mm. who suddenly, suddenly start heading it off. Connor but, and Mary. Right. But yeah. maybe someone got in his ear and was like, we really want Kira. We to need this around. person to stay on the show. I have no idea. I don't know. He could have really liked Kira. I actually don't know what's I going on with Alex. I don't think he did. I agree. You have no idea what's going on. I think he seemed like he was leaning more towards Jess. But I think one producers would have been like, Kira is too bankable. We cannot lose her like, right. now. And also, I think... After we just lost Abby. I do think the boys right. uh, might have gone to him about the whole Jess thing and us not seeing it when we see their behaviour later about other women that Kieran has been involved with. Right. Mm. So this is this this boys dogging. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to be dogging the boys, so I will uh, pick the mean lady. I guess the one thing that I have noticed about Alex um, is that in most of his posts on Instagram, like promoting this season, it has been him hanging out with Kieran and being like, yeah. Kieran's my best mate. I'll never like take a bad word against him or anything. Like, I will yeah. admit to that being where my perspective comes from. And I'm just like pulling hooey out of the air. Who knows? But right, that's, right. That's my, like, that's got, it's got my senses tingling. So Jamie then tries to call Garlo out. Do we remember this? Flat no. Yeah, Jamie says... I watched it uh, today. <laughs> Garlo is rose shopping. <gasps> oh, yes! Yeah. You know what? I skipped over that scene because I was like, God, this is ridiculous. Right. <laughs> Such a great term to add to the lexicon. <laughs> it I is. That's that the before. only reason why it's here. Rose shopping is really good. Yeah. Because, like, he... I mean, he doesn't own a rose. So what? He's shopping... <laughs> Four roses from other women, but mm-hmm. in the context that that's delivered, Jamie's saying you're only trying to get this rose from this one person rather than what you should be doing, which is quite literally rose shopping, shopping <laughs> yourself around mm. to get a rose. Just, yeah, he's the rose, right? Wouldn't a rose by another name uh, stink like such a poo poo? <laughs> it would. Hey, uh, uh, Thank you for laughing at my poop joke. Stink like such a poo-poo. Yeah, I'm going to laugh. <laughs> Look, uh, a bros by any other name would otherwise be a bros. Not oh, <laughs> steal another bros missus. <laughs> bros so before all like, rose, we know this. <laughs> bros before rose is really good. Uh, that's got to have been said episode. on the show. There it is. <laughs> Rose wait, is that is that Rose is the title of the episode? But did I think of that, or is that parlance from? It's not parlance. It well, can't be. No I'm a genius. Put you me are. on the telly. Uh, not on this show, but <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Look, have you been paying attention? <laughs> no, <laughs> my internet's down at home. I don't cross anything. Anyway, uh, uh, look, basically what we start seeing is this behavior from Jamie where it's really unsubtle. He is threatened by the fact that he might go home and it's kind of reminiscent of what we saw in Angie Kent's season where he's threatened by Carlin in particular. And I feel like up until this point, Jamie's not really been in a position where he has been threatened. Hmm. And this is where the gross stuff kind of comes out, right? Like he's trying to strong arm... Garlo into doing something that he doesn't want to and it's the like the nexus of paradise eventually you're going to be in a situation where you might not get a rose and the question is how can and how should you act in response to that and Jamie acts in a way that says I still want to be on the TV 
Whereas some of the other men act in such a way and some of the other women act in such a way where it's like, okay, cool. I'm not going to be on the TV anymore. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Eleanor is an excellent example of that. We didn't Naranga really see too. her yeah. try to shop for any roses. That's true. Right. You know, yeah. she's They're just like, none not of a bouquet this. bitch. She wasn't yep. having it. Okay, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> yeah. That's an admirable way to do it. I mean, you know, it's not, you know, not everyone ends up in a couple from this show. Right. It's actually crazy how many couples we did see this week. Yeah, it's... it's there were only like two really single people floating around towards the end of the week. It was like... What are your options? Yeah. yeah. What are you going to do? Okay, bouquet bitches, we're moving on. I'm going to leave Jamie and Brittany here for now and come back to them in a while because uh, in order to get to the conclusion of their arc, we also have to do Naranga and Cass. And I want to cover off the... Uh, we've covered off the situation with Kieran and Kiki and Renee, but there's more Kieran to come. And then this, which is just... I feel like it's welcome right now. We need to talk about a really exciting new couple in Matt and Renee. Great. Oh, yeah, yes. really good. Remember this? So nice. We'll really stop off along the way, though, uh, to detour into <laughs> Kieran and Tim being very toxic. <laughs> but it's nice. <laughs> we love them. <laughs> There's honestly, like, because she is not maybe the hugest character on her initial run. Right. Um, I think she is... Like, I think maybe I called it a glow up last week, but I really think there's a bit of a renaissance going on. Lol. It's I was going to say she's blossoming. That's fucking nothing compared <laughs> to renaissance. <laughs> <laughs> blossoming like a rose. Oh, yeah, well, that's also true. <laughs> but let's talk about nice Matt for a second. He was the uh, the crustiest of demons <laughs> on Angie's season. <laughs> uh, he was a BMX boy from the Nitro Circus. I love that there was just like, there's one of them who's like a pie dude. There's one of them who's like a bike man. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's all that you need. You yeah, know? he was the bike man, but he also came to the show with a following and a career. Mm. You know? You can still do flips for as long as you want to. He was also um, Angie Kent's brother's favorite on that first that's night. Right. As I, I recall. That's a great point, yeah. So he's got to be not completely garbage, as well, we see. Angie's brother is the arbiter of taste. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We learn that uh, Renee and Matt have eyes for each other, mm -hmm. uh, which is upsetting news to Kieran, who says that if Matt has, quote, any bro code, he should pull Kieran away for a chat uh, to kiss the ring and ask permission to take Renee on a date. Who would like to start here? <laughs> There's, there are words that get thrown around. Um in this episode yes. that really stressed me out and permission is one of the biggest ones yeah. because yeah. there is a implication of either like ownership or authority or governance to the idea mm. of asking for permission. 100%. Yes. Um, and Renee is a human woman. Yep. Not, you know, like a poodle. <laughs> Maybe if you're going to take Kieran's poodle for a walk, it's a bit weird if you don't ask, you know, because you're bros. <laughs> Just because you've met the poodle before doesn't mean right. you can walk into the backyard. Who take knows, the poodle. He's already been yeah, walked yeah. that day and doesn't have the energy. Or yes. Just take, you know, Buzzin, the poodle, for a walk. <laughs> Buzzin. But, um, no, so Ren I said Renee I wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean... What I love, Matt, through that whole thing is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like he just walks straight in and he's like, I have an interest in a woman and I shall take her on a date. Yeah. Yes. You know, and he isn't like, I see my like boys. Yeah. I must go ask my boys what yeah. they would think because... Yeah. He walks the way this is like, set up is so please. great. Because they're like, uh, you know, Matt's like, I have an interest in Renee. And Renee's like, I have an interest in Matt. And then Kieran's <laughs> like, I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> 
Kieran's like got his arm around Kiki and he's like, I have an issue. Yeah, <laughs> there's a real problem here. I'd like to voice a concern. <laughs> Mary sums it up. She says uh, they didn't break up because Renee didn't want it. They broke up because Kieran cheated. There's a double standard. I don't care if it's with Matt or with the Pope. She can do what she wants. And 100%. Mm-hmm. I want to be very clear about this. Bang the Pope if you want to. I wrote that quote down too. Because yes. quite frankly, I think it's Mary's best so far. Like, yeah. Renee deserves to be happy. I don't care if it's with Matt. I don't care if it's with the Pope. Right? Uh-huh. Like, absolutely. Mary says fly in the Pope. That's what <laughs> Renee wants. Right. Like, strap on the feedback with his holiness should mutual consent be reached. <laughs> Next week on Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even Alex, right? Like, Alex is like... Kieran's best friend and posts relentlessly about Kieran on Instagram and is like, Kieran has no right to say who Renee can date. He needs to realize that not everything is about you, yeah. brother. Mm. Alicia says that's gross because it's treating people like property. It's pretty rich of Kieran to strictly enforce the bro code. And here's the thing. The bro code is analogous to ownership. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. the, the concept, uh, concept of mateship as it relates to the, this is completely toxic. It yeah. implies that women are to be treated as possessions. It's a fucking footy team trading a player to another club. Uh, I just, it also implies this. Don't touch my stuff, dude. Yeah. Ooh. It's, it's the bro code is like this. It implies the men as this like governing body of right, paradise. Right, 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 right. Where like the they will make the choices. Who and controls like, the if women the no- now? <laughs> Who gives them a choice? <laughs> like, and Kieran thinks he does. Yes, like. we do. Yeah. <laughs> we do. I can't do his accent. Can you do it? <laughs> oh, well, well. No, that's just right. <laughs> <laughs> it's really just really oh. <laughs> And the other interesting part of this, I guess, is the hypocrisy that, like, he just did this thing that he has right. a problem with. Yes. You yes. just he did it, mate. just dated Renee's friend, Jess, like, 15 minutes ago. And potentially also Renee's friend, Cass. Sure. Like yeah, I know, yeah, Cass has a great job of pretending that never happened. My <laughs> word. Like, the hierarchy uh, as it is positioned is, like, Kieran's, like, bro code. And then he's, like, girl code. I don't think, I don't think that exists. I should but make they it mean clear, the same thing. I should make it clear that Max was gesturing with, like, a high <laughs> hand for the bro code and then the lower for the other. I think Kieran's, like... Autonomy for women. I'm not sure. That I don't that's think that that's real. Agency. Mm-mm. No, no, no. It's all about what Kieran wants. Yeah. It's about how Kieran feels. <laughs> Matt and Renee tandem bike it through their double date. It a seems bike like date. It's so nice. We love to see a return of a tandem bike. Right. It's just good fun. Like uh, a bicycle built for two, and it seems like they really connect. They're super straight up about it, and. They don't have anything to apologize for in this situation. Right. They Matt, don't give it a second thought. Because right. why would they? I, but but the thing is, like, right, like they do give it a second thought because they know how other people are going to react. But they shouldn't. Mm. Right? They yeah. should yeah, like they have no need to in this situation you know matt asks renee is there a spark there are we on that friendship level level or is it more than that and it's really beautiful like it's consent and in confessional matt says that renee is definitely the kind of girl he's been looking for and they kiss and it's really nice it's super good. so sweet they're yep. so into each other yeah osha then arrives in paradise oh. <laughs> To reveal that this not to Osha, I will be clear. That noise <laughs> is not to my love, Osha. <laughs> to reveal that the topic of the second Buller banquet for this week is is what's good for the goose good for the gander. Now, 
Osha then very quickly realizes that only Alicia has understood what in the hell that he was saying. <laughs> I also I needed too. Alicia's help understanding. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they're like, all like, hmm. Oh, <laughs> what yeah. is, what's a gander? What's <laughs> having goose for dinner? I don't, yeah. I don't understand. I mean, you guys have had enough time to have a gander at this whole situation. What do you think? <laughs> is what's good for the goose good for the gander? I would say respect, compassion, and empathy is what's good for all foul. Yeah. Mm. True. Oh, I mean, there's some foul behavior that ensues <laughs> here. And uh, look, Kieran says the broke code is about integrity and respect. I feel like we're on the same page. Mm-hmm. <sighs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting that the term respect there implies only to respecting Kieran. Right. Yes. Respect and not to respecting me. Renee. Yeah. Respect what I want to fucking or do. Or respecting Matt and his right and his choice to do whatever the fuck he wants. 100%. It's just like respect me and respect my stuff. Yeah. I'm the and there's a lot of discussion about like whether it it depends on how long you've known the person or something. Because it then drops that they've only known each other for three months. Of course they have. <laughs> what? Paradise filmed just after fucking Bachelorette filmed. Right. There's a loaf of bread in my freezer that's been there for longer than three months. <laughs> Like, it's not... Oh, To mate. be fair, though, you have a huge amount of respect for that loaf of bread. <laughs> I do. That's why I don't eat it. <laughs> Whatever that bread wants, it gets. Yeah. What's good for the bread is good for the... Brander? Gander. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Alicia says in confessional, I don't like his behavior. I think it's pretty toxic, and I think it needs to be called out at this Buller banquet. Love it. Love it. Thanks, Leash. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like we can just call on her for the confession, the exact right confession, the exact right she's time. She's very good at it. Mm. That is, she's excellent. You know, you can tell she was once a politician. She is mm, excellent at right. saying the thing that needs to be said at the moment that it needs to be said. Wait, politicians do that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I feel like there's some conflict here. Of Although, I don't, I don't quite understand. I don't what you're know about to say. the <laughs> bloody orange buffoon in the freaking cl- in the circus at the White House who almost never says the thing he should be saying. <laughs> And he's instead just being a frigging orange buffoon, the commander in Cheeto. Jesus Christ. The I thought you said orange baboon the really first time. The and Fanta. I just started thinking about the baboons again. Oh, yeah. Oh, I hope they're okay. I'm sure they're fine. Mm. They don't know that COVID Did they go exists. back to the, like... Testing facility? No, I can't imagine they, they any part of the episode no, no, getting the snip-snip. They were there for artificial insemination. Wasn't it a sex Max, are you okay? So yep. true. No, we should great. go back to Is the it? Thing. Have you realized that there might be something wrong with the current president of the US? Is it just warped your freaking Sorry. brain? I, I mean, as an ardent stan of Pink. <laughs> go on. And the song Dear Mr. President oh, from yeah. the album Quest Funhouse in 2008. You gotta believe. You best believe that I know what's up when it comes to El Presidente. <laughs> More like Hell Presidente. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, have I gone to freaking oh, heck? Christ. That's the thing. No, I was going to go on a thing that doesn't matter. No know. more things that don't matter. Let's talk about Tim who arrives back in paradise and <laughs> oh, finds out about He's, all of this. Donald Trump doesn't matter. <laughs> I was just going to say that Cass always says frick and like mm. like fucking dumb, cutesy shit like that. And I'm like, you're 34 years old. Don't leave that in. That's just me being a bitch. Okay. Well, look, uh, uh, we might. Who can say? Mm. <laughs> At this point and editing this podcast. No promises. <laughs> Tim. 
uh, gets back to paradise because guess what? Tim's been away. We haven't touched on this. Tim. Oh uh, yeah, right. Yeah, he he gets to take leave. He gets to take a <laughs> from leave of absence three weeks from fucking of work paradise. In a year. To uh, like, he's like Brittany. Uh, look, I think you're a top chick, but got to fuck off to me mate's wedding for a bit, and then I'll be back in Fiji. None of this quarantining for two weeks oh. on either side. Right. Who was it? Because Katie and I are in a group chat that discusses Bachelor, yes. and who was it who pointed out that? This is your friend's wedding and you have been on holiday every day surrounding it instead of like... Oh, I don't know. It was me. Mm. I was going to attribute it to you. It was very No, I was the one who was like, he's going to tell her he loves her. And then that was not what happened. Mm. No. Yeah. Because they build up so much to it. They're like... It felt like it was going to be that, like a big romantic thing. And Mm. then it was not. I felt it was like, he was like, I've got to tell her something that might upset her. And I was like, I love you is maybe that thing. (laughs) (laughs) True. Oh fuck! <laughs> Let's talk about Naranga and Cass and Brittany, and then also Jamie again somehow. Okay, great. Yes, good. this is the next bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Naranga and Cass have been friendship rosing their way through paradise, and then all of a sudden, right as Brittany is connecting with Garlo, Naranga gets a date card. Mm. So what happens here is that we get a bunch of shit from Cass where she's like, Naranga. Not into you. Don't like you. Think you're a piece of shit. Actually think you suck for some reason. Right. Like really hate you now. Yeah, it's intense. Thanks for all the foot rubs, but also even though they weren't so great. So, okay. So it's It's a kind of weird position to put somebody in. If they're really not interested in you and you invite them on a date that they kind of have to go on. Yeah. I can understand on some level being like, that makes me uncomfortable. So Naranga does this twice. Yeah. Which sucks. It sucks for Naranga. Mm. It sucks for Brittany. It sucks for Cass. It sucks for the whole cast. Like, the the problem of the situation is that they're like, let's give the most unassuming man here, mm. also happens to be a person of colour, mm-hmm. right. a date card at such an inopportune time mm. that it is only going to serve to cause shit yeah. for the women who are his perspectives at this time, particularly because we know that one of them abjectly does not like him but mm. has been entertaining him for weeks because of um like bunion bunions is that fine yeah just very very uncomfortable feet yeah, yeah. uh Savy, you're our resident expert on <laughs> yeah, you know there's some people you want to keep around because they've got a good technique um, yeah you look know. you know you go get a bunion sausage and uh <laughs> <laughs> the feet want what they want you some, know? I, some <laughs> ikea sausage i'm sure i did have one of those you yeah. did what was the snag like it's good. They got a veggie dog that really set your hair on fire. Well, look, you know, we're veggie dogging all the time here on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. <laughs> I, let me tell you the IKEA mustard, and I'm not being paid to say this. <laughs> it's quite good. Yeah. Yeah. You bought some to take I home. I bought a bottle. Yeah. yeah. You been to Costco? No, I fucking wish, dude. You got to hit that shit up. You got a membership? No, but oh, I went you're once. Useless to me. I look. I went. I went once, and um. It was pretty good. They got a cheap hot dog, I think, right? They do. They got a whole food section. It's not oh, quite shit. the Scandinavian food section, but it's pretty cheap mm. and it's pretty American. You want you want some of that dog? I you want some of that czar? You want uh? You know I do. You know you know I always do. You know it's ten p.m. and I haven't had dinner because we've been recording. <laughs> yeah, it's you really fucking hungry. Fuck, it's right on the stroke of ten. Let's keep going. Hey, Brittany is super incensed. She doesn't want to go on a date with Naranga, and 
she says that Naranga is projecting onto her that she's a second choice, which is fair, right? Like, yeah. sure. Naranga's been barking up the tree of Cass, the Cass tree. Mm-hmm. Not for... Brittany's tree, which is a whole other character. Different. Yeah, who, yeah, yeah. Up until now, has had more screen time than Naranga. Mm-hmm. Christ. Uh, and Brittany's like, well, look, you know, no. And she has this full, she has this full thing. Yeah, I really didn't like how they edited this. Neither. They intercut yeah. Brittany being very distressed with Naranga just being like, oh, yeah, think she's a top chick, could be fun. Mm. And it really made light of what was clearly like the end of some fucking rope for her because she'd been put through shit again and again and again right. by these producers. For two years. And by these nasty men. And I'm just like, fuck you, give her a fucking day card and let her have a nice fucking time. Give That's her some thing. volition and it just does not happen in any of these episodes. No. Mm. It's really... Sad. Even down to the last minute, they don't give her the anything. Very last minute, and it's sort of like um, wh- what you sign yourself up for in this show is hopefully question mark the ability to control your own story. But uh, at the points at which it benefits the show, the show takes the narrative into its own hands. Mm. That sucks. It's it really sucks. Sad. And it also just so happens that as as a narrative arc, this is just really bored. Like it's boring and it's uncomfortable to watch and it's not fun to sit through after, you know, what have been a pretty entertaining, like spicy, you know, few hours of television that we watched this. Spicy. Are we letting that into the vernacular? Uh, Yeah. I'm thinking about food again. (laughs) You've been to KFC. I can go (laughs) some. Now, Renee pulls Naranga aside. We know that they're mates and Renee is like, Brit's just, she's not feeling it. This is not going to happen. And Naranga's like, oh shit. Okay. Well, I guess I've got to, I've got to take Cass on this date, even though that she's been real, yeah. real bad to me just now because no one else is going to come. He's so and reasonable. Is, he's like, he's an incredibly reasonable man in this moment. And look, there's been a bunch of shit on the internet where uh, Alicia's been like, Naranga, you should probably vote for the Labour Party. And Naranga's like, no, thank you. And I don't know, I don't know, but he's super, super reasonable in this moment. Seems like an empathetic young man. And uh, I don't know. He grabs Cass. They're going off on a date, but Jamie at the same time is petitioning Cass for the very definition of a friendship rose. But Cass is uh, is vibing Pylord Jackson. Why? We haven't been given any indication, really, that the two of them have anything in common. That's true. In fact, we've been given the opposite of that. Yeah, and the indication that he's not what she's interested in. In any way. Like, he's a young man who likes partying, and Brit and Jackson seem to be uh, young hedonists. Mm. Yeah, who want to have some fun. You know, uh, this is a real machine automatica vibe here. (laughs) a deep cut anyway uh Cass is really straightforward with her intention when it comes to Jamie mm-hmm. that she wants to give her rose to Garlo but she also kind of takes one for the team in accepting the date card for Naranga who was rejected by Brittany and so they're off on this date this felt cruel to Naranga from production it felt cruel from 
from yeah. all sides. It's like a prank they played on him. I yeah. I just feel like they should have done what happened when Britney and Connor were meant to go on a date and give the date to someone else. Right. Exactly yeah. that. Yeah. It's as if one of them got sick. Yeah. Yeah. Because like yeah. Cass didn't want to be there. I will also say she had every opportunity to say no. I have right. no idea why she went on this mm. date so that she could just be rude to Naranga. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, it was almost like maybe a handler or somebody was like, look. This is a good opportunity for you to get some camera time. Yeah. And to what end, I'm not really sure. But Cass is flirting with the instructors on this date. You know, like they're yeah. doing a, a traditional Fijian dance. She says that Naranga's in the friend zone. She talks about how she doesn't really want to talk to him at all. This is maybe the most like outwardly hostile date yes. I've ever witnessed. Ever. It was yeah. intense. Like, they're clearly mad with each other, and Naranga it's is... It's not even disinterest anymore. It's like... Right. They're like really they're upset to be there. Yeah. Upset at each other as well, because it feels like Naranga has been like, I'm interested in you, and Cass has been like, rub my feet, and Naranga's been like, okay, and then mm. Cass has been like, I'm not interested in you. Yeah. And that is the way that it's been shown on TV. We don't know how that it's played out in real life, but, like, the... um, I don't know the semiotics of uh, an emotional support, but not quite of a relationship relationship. Mm. Oh, so complicated. And when they each try to say it, it sounds so pithy. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, and that's, that's exactly this thing where Naranga's like, but I rubbed your feet, but I did this for you, but I was here. And all of these examples sound so micro, Yeah. but I don't know. They mean so much when you're meeting someone's emotional needs. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Like, mm. I don't know. It like, it feels trivial in the way that you explain them. And, that means that Cass retains plausible deniability in all of this, mm. right? Like, Naranga's not going to be like, I rubbed your feet, therefore we're in a relationship. That's not how that works. Mm. But it, at the same time, it kind of is. And it's also like, because of how Naranga has been viewed by the other people on the island. Yeah, dog. Like, yes. that's kind of the most, you know, attention or respect or whatever that may have been, you know, or I, I don't know if it was respectful necessarily, but like, he doesn't have a lot else to go off. So no. like, he's like, well, maybe this is my avenue or whatever. This yeah, is where exactly. I'm at with this. Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, there's some context that obviously does not exist in show. Yeah. We don't know for sure who Naranga is talking about. Right. But he did make an Instagram story today implying that there was someone who seems most likely to be cast. Again, we don't know, who was knocking him back from a, like, from a romantic place on the basis that he is a... Like Sri Lankan man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think that to me, because I read that before I watched the episode, so then when I watched that date, it was really sour to watch it and be like, "Oh, this just should not be happening. Someone should have stopped this. Mm. This isn't a good time. Mm. Naranga deserves better than receiving the date card now, including everything else that he deserves better. It would just, it feels like he got really let down by production and really let down by the show. Yeah. like justice for Naranga, and I'd be very curious to hear what he had to say if he found himself in a position where he could talk about it. Yes, absolutely. Let's try. Well, yeah, it's true. Uh, look, uh, basically, I think what happens is like you can see that arguably Naranga should have seen that this wasn't going anywhere and bailed, but he isn't really afforded that opportunity. And then he's also kind of receiving signals kig- signals from <laughs> Cass. <laughs> And he likes, he likes Cass. So what do you do? Yeah. 
that's really hard. Yeah, and like tough. from an emotional standpoint, those two things are very, very difficult to separate. And it's kind of the Jules thing of like, well, can't then we be friends who also kiss? Which sucks. <sighs> like yeah. that's yeah. just that's just not it. Like it's not a thing. But like from Cass's perspective, she's looking at this and being like, okay, cool. We're not going to be friends who also kiss. But I'm also going to accept all this attention and reciprocate it to the extent that means that I can say to you, no, we're not in a relationship, but. Yeah. I would have been really interesting to see what would come around if we flipped to another week of her needing a rose from him. Yep. Because I think that she would go back to doing what she was doing before, which was leading him on in order to get a rose. Right, right. And you talk about those like little uh, micro examples of someone in paradise saying, oh, hey, person I'm interested in, go get me a drink. And then Cass saying to Narenga, go get me a drink. And it's sort of like, cool. Well, like the context dictates the reception of the context. The like subtle language of the space, which, you know, you don't want to push too far in another way and be like, um, it's obvious that this is now a thing because, you know, people like like Jamie mess around with that the whole time. Yep. But uh, it is, I mean, I find that dynamic so interesting because it seems like there's so much there that we don't know. Right. That was there, yeah. and it's, yeah. and and we're given these little scrapey bits where it's like, whoa, so much tension is here. Yeah, what have we missed? And like, yeah. yeah, exactly what we talk about in terms of Naranga holding onto this information for however amount of time, and then today deciding on Instagram to be like, hey, you know what, this sucked. Yeah, yeah, and that's probably presumably fair to say from his perspective, and maybe Cass has a different opinion on it, and. Cass has been vocal on her Instagram about how the edit has been unfavorable to her. And it's hard for us to say what's true and what's not. But at least from what we have been shown, it sure seems like Naranga has been put in a a bunch of unfavorable positions to try and do what, you know, we're all here for, which is to find Mm. love. And then even when he, to jump forward just a little bit, is looking at the rose ceremony and realizing that he doesn't have a rose and is really emotional and is being comforted by Mary. Yeah. Right? This is beautiful. It's a really nice it's moment. It's such a beautiful moment of friendship that makes you be like, why didn't we get so to see nice. any of them being friends? Yes. Right. Yeah. I want to see them being friends, but I don't want to see it with the fucking dodo music over the top. No. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there's yeah. this like donkey donk like banjo shit. like this is like this is bluegrass this is old crow medicine show which i adore in isolation Mm. feed me that you ever heard the song uh methamphetamine by old crow medicine show you will believe that i have not okay yeah i'm just gonna shock you by saying that i haven't listened to that you gotta dig in that that's Mm. some real real nice stuff four men with banjos and harmonies it does sound up my tree i think that i'd enjoy it yeah look um climb that tree i'll climb it i'm the i'm the tree Wait, what? <laughs> climb, climb yourself, girl. <laughs> I'm the tree. I'm with Brittany. Yeah, Brittany's tree. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, we progressed to the Brittany's fact. Tree. Jesus Hell Christ. Yeah, why not? We progressed uh, to the fact that uh, Brittany and Cass have interest in the same man, and that man is Garlo. We were at a cocktail party, and Cass says that her rose is up in the air, despite. Promising Brittany earlier that she wouldn't give Jackson her rose. So she pulls Brittany aside and she's like, how would you feel if actually, in fact, surprise, <laughs> I did choose Jackson? Yeah, what about what that? What would you think about that? <laughs> would that be cool? Mm. Brittany's like, 
and I, I don't like the like idea that. of that one bit. <laughs> it's it's really wild because she straight up lies when they're out on the paddle boards. And right. It's like, I will give my rose to Scott. And then just Oh my god, no Scott intention. from Ballin is in this episode. Oh, you've not <laughs> Scott. Oh, sorry, Scotty. It's alright, he makes it. He makes you'll get it to talk through. about it next week. Scott Oh Christ. Scott's here. <laughs> yeah, he did arrive and with like, eyebrows as I call him. Right. He sure is he sure is here. You know? And like <sighs> Cass is like, I'm gonna give my rose to that man from Ballina, who <laughs> has been on the show twice. And has done the municipality of Ballina, New South Wales. No wrong. <laughs> <laughs> really put him on the map. None wrong. Not fired from his position as mayor. True. This is it. This is why we love Scott. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. his name. You just looked him up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, Brittany rules in this conversation with Cash. She's like straightforward and upfront without succumbing to any amount of manipulation or like like emotional language from Cass about how, oh, but I just, I really like him. And and Brittany's like, oh, do what you want. Fuck you. Mm. Like, doesn't matter. And if this is where you're drawing your line, fine. But this is not what you've said before. So, okay. I understand where you stand now. Mm. Anyway. Uh, yeah, she's great. And she like disengages like in a way that is like immediate. And she's like, I don't really want to be involved in this conversation. I don't have to tell you anything. Yeah, she's like, none of your beeswax. And Cass, I have this... Uh, I've never really warmed to Cass this me whole neither. time. Yeah. She really reminds me of just like a mean private school girl who is just like an asshole to you and calls you like loud and weird and a nerd. I, f- I don't know who you is in this situation. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> Some really cool chick. But do you um, know what? Like this is uh, two out of three podcasts in which one of our guests has said this <laughs> precise <laughs> thing about this season. You know, I, I like I... And I, I feel a theme. Like, she's not coming off very well. No, and uh, but and then she's because she's like when Britney walks away, she's like she's weird. Yes, and it's like no, she's normal. <laughs> she's a person with feelings. What are you? Yeah, is it Cass who said who like negatively says something about um, is it Jess who is like yeah, just being a stripper. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, she's a, yeah, she's the she's there. Admittedly, with Mary in being quite. Slut shaming mm. and sex worker shaming. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, again, in this situation, Cass says to Mary, she's weird and rude. No. Uh, look, mm. where is the pot and where is the kettle in this situation? And who wants to be caught calling one the other? Yeah. And who is generally weird and rude, you know? <laughs> if, I, if I were to decide, I would say that it's probably the girl who lied about who she was going to give her rose to. Mm. And then was like, here in this public forum with other people and someone else on my couch, that's where I'll tell you that I think I'm going to give my rose to the guy that you had right. made out with last and night. And in fact, the, the situation in which Cass accuses Brittany of not having a civilized conversation, which is just like, this is the gaslighting, mm. right? Like, this is where you say to someone, you're upset, and they go, no, I'm not, and they go, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Another big private school girl move is to be, like, civilised and polite and (laughs) fuck off. (laughs) Say what you mean, dickhead. As uh, someone who went to private school and has retained zero friends from my private school, I'm feeling a lot of empathy here. Yeah, I've got, like, one. (laughs) Shout out to Chris. We love love you, Chris. Wherever and whoever you are. Is it Chris, Chris Gilly? Is it, oh, Gilly? Is it Chris Gilly? From Gilly. <laughs> um, yes. Anyway, Cass says, I feel like I'm a pretty good person and I want to have a chat to you. Okay. 
Again, anyone who begins a sentence with, I feel I'm a pretty good person. You know why you're saying that. It's because you're doing right. a not nice thing. What you're thing. doing is trying to justify something that's not that good. Uh, we see Cass, uh, we see rather, uh, we see Naranga being com- comfort. Fuck me. <laughs> not my time. <laughs> you see Naranga comfort fucking you is essentially no, what you said. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We see Naranga being comforted by Mary. She says, you don't take crumbs. You've got to get that whole bread. And if that is not a statement about what, Cass, then I don't know what is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's it's pretty prescient advice from Mary. And uh, we should be taking a sage advice for all listeners of the podcast. Mm. We're not here to take no crumbs. Get that. Bread. Get the whole bread. Get that loaf. Mm. Whole bread. Also known as bagel. It's in my freezer if you want to pick it up. (laughs) (laughs) We are the Frozen Loaf Gang here on the Bachelor (laughs) of Hearts Mm -hmm. podcast. And it is time for a rose ceremony in which nothing eventful happens. Okay, Uh, this is the point where um, like six people came over to my house and started having beers. And and I don't know what happened in the rose ceremony. So please fill me Wait, was I there? No. No. This was last night, right? Yeah, no, I was there for a different rose ceremony this week. That's right. <laughs> there, I mean, it was most of this week was fucking rose ceremonies. There was so also me at your house. <laughs> well, you know, you're a welcome guest. I know, I love to be here. Mm. So the only thing that happens here really is that Cass gives her rose to Garlo before Brittany can give her rose to Garlo. Right. It's much of a muchness, but it plays out like it's a big thing. Okay, you know, yeah. Like, we're subject to production in this environment, and I feel like everyone is used to that. I am a bit, at this point, could the producers give Brittany one thing? Fuck yes. yes. Just one little thing. It's Just give her a true. little bit of something. Just but fucking anything. But her narrative on this show is to be the girl who gets nothing. Which you know? sucks. It's yeah. so bad. She's a real human person. Especially because, like... She her, from the outset, she has kind of been given nothing by the show and yeah. been painted into a corner as, like, yeah. the weird one who dances. She's right. allowed. Conga girl. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, you know, like, it would be it would be super nice if Britney was given the dignity and respect that she is given in her sad confessionals mm. as a romantic lead. I agree. Mm. It would be really, 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 really nice. Anyway... The good thing for Brittany is that she doesn't give Jamie her rose. After all this friendship rosing back and forth, yeah. she directs her rose in a different direction and it's time for Jamie to go home. Okay, who does the rose go to? I don't actually know. <laughs> you don't know. It's fine. It's Scott. It's Scott. <laughs> it's Scott. It's Scott from Ballina. Yes. Scott oh, from Ballina is the guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Why not? Did you guys actually not remember? I truly did not see that rose ceremony. Oh, that's super yeah. fair. That's yeah. super fair. I've watched four episodes of this and written <laughs> meticulous notes, and I was like, who's this person? <laughs> did you not remember me earlier trying to remember who the fuck Alex is? So yes. <laughs> well, Alex is your partner. <laughs> yeah, I forget right. all the time. I <laughs> yeah. lose them. Who is, wh- uh, wh- what is them? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jamie's going home. This is the crux of, of the situation. Yes, and okay. he... In much the same way as he saw Jake Ellis address the group a couple of rose ceremonies oh, ago. Okay. Takes the opportunity to really try and say something prescient here. Okay. He I'm trying up. to judge this based on the facial expressions I'm seeing in front of me. Okay. So you, ha- you haven't seen you this. Really you genuinely haven't seen this. <gasps> yeah, like I tried to watch it. Save me, it's so bad. 
I tried to watch it and it was I didn't want to like actively increase the volume whilst there were six <laughs> other people who I didn't know who had come to hang out at our house. Because that is the strength. Because Evie was like, I'm going to be polite and go out and have drinks with them. And I was like, sure. uh, not for me, thank you very much. No, <laughs> no, gonna... no, I have other business yeah, to attend. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, so what happens is that Jamie says, I'd like to have a word with everyone if that's possible. And then he says, I never thought that I would feel like that about someone like I did about Eleanor. Really? <laughs> <laughs> what? It gets worse, it gets worse, it gets worse. Oh, I'd be talking to her and I'd be busting you go to the toilet and I'd rather piss my pants and sit there and talk about her than go to the toilet, he said. What? There's so, so, so much good stuff. Okay, so where's the rest of it? Yeah. Did he do he that? Did he piss when, pants? When you didn't respond to the piss my pants thing, I was like, Davey, come on. That was solid gold, which I put in our group chat. I was like, that's solid gold, but you didn't see it. No. He didn't. Well, I don't know if he pissed his pants. He says, I have feelings for Eleanor that I've actually never felt for anyone in my life. For Eleanor? Eleanor. This is great. I uh, love this. I love that you For anyone in like, his life. He's a 40-year-old man. <laughs> she gave me butterflies every morning when I saw her, he said. Huh? I'm going to go out there and find my own version of Eleanor. As if his version of Eleanor doesn't exist. By the way, Renee in the background of that moment is like, like, get get any woman like Eleanor away from him. And that's what I'm going to take from this experience. Because they... What can we? That's what he's going to take from this experience. That is what he's going to take from this experience. None of the other things that he could have learned about himself. <laughs> I know of all the lessons we hope that he might learn from this. Not the many, many valid criticism that arose. The women rebuffing his interest. The women bored sitting listening to him for mm. hours on end. The main thing that he's taking away is like, wouldn't it be nice to hook up with like a skinny, hot white lady? I would, in fact, love a sentient Barbie would make out with me. Mm. <laughs> 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 Look, as a sentient Barbie, <laughs> <laughs> yes. resident himbo of the Bachelor of Arts podcast, <laughs> I can tell you that hooking up is pretty good. Yeah, you know, it's got its advantages. There are certain things about hooking up that, unless you're a you're a sentient Barbie, I just don't think you would understand. Mm. Yeah, and you know, uh, I- if you are a fellow sentient Barbie, perhaps you've been on the island of Fiji. Between the months of November and December 2019, we'd love to hear from you. And you've had Tim standing over you with sausages and steaks and stuff on your... uh your Barbie? And, and snags and look, you've never been I was on like, you're mincing your women. Who minces women? <laughs> Who's doing that? <laughs> Makes a delicious patty. Uh, Christ. If Eleanor needs help getting a restraining order, we're also here for that. Mm. Let's talk about uh, Alicia and Greg before we close this out. Oh, Whoa! I simply cannot believe there's another couple. Fuck me! That's fine. They barely did anything. Yes. Paint date. Yeah, it was it nice. It was so cute. It was cute. It's it was nice, nice to see them using the bath again. That bath Lovely is my to dream. to get that bath reused. Yes. Um, everyone absolutely like lost their minds over this. We were creaming ourselves. It was this so sweet yes. to, yeah, was very to have sweet. Greg be like clear and honest and expressive, and just. 
tell a woman that he cares about her and oh, what he likes so about her. Nice. I was like, I was, I was like, after having watched like all these episodes, I was like, God, I, I, it's, it's true romance. This mm, is the only right? love that's ever been. I have talked about this a couple of times on this podcast, and I stand by it that the messy date is a very important part of a successful bachelor Fuck couple. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. And it just so happens that Alicia and Greg have now had a couple. They've had a very <laughs> horny messy date, and they've now had a very sweet and kind and nice messy date. And I'm like, it's written in the stars. Right. What could go wrong? Greggy boys, the mess, the mess <laughs> is calling. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I think it was great. There it was, was like beautiful. Very open it was so nice. I feel so happy. You for know, them. the next line of that song is from Glenn to Glenn. Oh, wait, who's that? It's from Greg to Greg, I believe. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Sorry. From Greg to Greg. <laughs> <laughs> look, I don't know. Do we finish? Uh, that's. That's. That look. We're pretty much where we leave it here. Good on for the Alicia and Greg. Podcast. Yeah. We love Alicia and we love Greg and. Uh, look, there was lip service paid to both of them. and In fact, more than lip service, we love them so much. Yeah, I'm going to... Let's cut that. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm so tired. I'm so tired. No, 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 no. Okay, okay, okay. okay let me do it again. Everyone's going to get to eat. It's okay. Well, uh, I feel like it's going to probably uh, we bring us to... We simply can't do like, it anymore. We, I think things have, have run out of gas here on the Bachelor of Arts. But, you know, we, we rode this horse until the wheels fell off. And, uh, you know, we're now a horseless, wheelless horse. You rode this seahorse until the wheels fell off? Romantic you know, seahorse uh, look, painting? Uh, seahorse do, do. Monkey, seahorse? Seahorse <laughs> sea do. Sea do horse. <laughs> Oh God! I'm so relieved that next week on the uh, television there are only going to be, huh? What? They're doing it again? Oh, this is chaos. This has truly been chaos. Um, I truly can't think of anyone who is better acquitted to join us for this episode than you, Katie. This has been an absolute delight. Thank you. I've had a wonderful time. An episode like. Pro, like years in the making, I think, or at least like we, you know. I have been bothering you about it since I first met you. Yes, it's been long enough. <laughs> so really glad to have you. Um, do you want to plug your shit? Yeah, again? please tell us where can we find it's you again. Been, I don't remember long. what I do. Um, <laughs> no, okay, yes, you can find me at not lemonade on Instagram to talk about mental health stuff in a like laid back personal experience kind of way. Um, you can find me on Twitter on Instagram for just me at Katie Kendall's underscore. Um, I have a poem in New Voice Works. You can get it at indie bookstores or online. Hell yeah. This um, is the best news. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're, we're the guys who have the podcast every week. Um, we actually, funnily enough, did come here to make friends. Mm-hmm. And if you would like to make friends with us, like Katie. Exactly. Well, we've known each other for a while, but you can, you know, Max, well, we, we hashed no, it we've out. We've covered how Max we've and yeah, I met. Yeah, 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 yeah. How's that going? Seven hours. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Quiet. Why don't you you come on by the social media? (laughs) Ah, Join us for this kind of fun fun (laughs) stuff here (laughs) on the Bachelor of Hearts Osh Posting Facebook group. There's a lot to be discussed. You know, uh, it's been a big week for that group. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, look, the mortality rate in that group is just (laughs) just thriving. Uh, hit us up on Instagram and Twitter, B-O-H Pod. Uh, find me at XavierRN. Find Max at Max Quinn. Um, please take care of yourself. <laughs> please. 
Please, please, <laughs> look, we need it. God. We need you more than anything. We absolutely need that from you at this point. Yeah, this have point dinner time, at a reasonable like, hour. True. You know, <laughs> Uh, yeah, guys, three square meals if you can. Um, and, uh, and you know, wear a mask and, you know, don't, don't touch yeah, any don't surfaces. And, we uh, love you. Goodbye. We love you. Party five magnate, party five magnate, party five magnate.